It's six o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. British tourists heading home from Tunisia and Buckinghamshire Health Trust still needs improvement. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police say they have begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. It follows claims by an accountant that he and his mother were allegedly denied a vote in the general election in May. More from Tony Fisher. Amit Ruparelia says he was turned away at the polling station in the Biscuit Ward because he'd already applied for a postal vote, which he denies. Instead, he was asked to complete a tendered ballot paper, which doesn't go towards the final count. For the past two months, he's been asking Luton Borough Council how many tendered ballot papers were returned and whether the council has their postal votes. The council confirmed the matter has been referred to the police. Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. Luton-based Thompson and First Choice, who don't have any clients in the country, said they're working to bring their staff home within the next 24 hours. Monarch Airlines has cancelled all flights to Tunisia for the rest of the summer season, but the Tunisian ambassador to the UK said the government's announcement was playing into the hands of the terrorists. The care provided by a health trust in Buckinghamshire still requires improvement, according to the Chief Inspector of Hospitals. Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust was put into special measures last year following serious concerns. Today's report shows some improvement, but still areas that are failing. More from Carol Abercrombie. The team visited Stoke Mandeville and Wickham Hospitals and Community Health Services. The Chief Inspector said although the pace of change has been rapid and clinically led, there are still concerns about medical staffing levels at night and at the the weekend and inconsistencies in the level of service in emergency care and end-of-life care. Developers will automatically be given planning permission to build on many brownfield sites as part of government efforts to tackle the shortage of new homes. The plans include new powers for ministers to intervene in local cla- local council building plans. Firefighters have cut two people free after a crash in Hertfordshire early this morning. A car left the road and hit a tree on the Leighton Buzzard Road in Hemel Hempstead just before 1.30. Services have resumed on the London Underground this morning after yesterday's strike. Tube trains started running again at five o'clock, but there may still be some disruption this morning. A boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Unless a buyer can be found, Penn School will close at the end of this term, as Ben Nye reports. Deloitte were appointed as administrators on Tuesday to the Rainers Special Educational Trust, the charity behind Penn School Limited. It will leave around 50 children with serious special needs without a school place come September. Buckinghamshire County Council say they are liaising with parents and other schools to ensure all students can find a suitable place. In sport, it's men's semi-finals day at Wimbledon with Andy Murray taking on Roger Federer. That match is second on centre court after Novak Djokovic against Richard Gasquet. The weather, another dry and sunny day. Maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Nice one, Simon. Thank you. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a beautiful day. That's all I have to say on the matter. I mean, really, I'm in holiday mode. The girls are here. Morning, ladies. Good morning. Okay. Catherine? We've got to be very careful today. I know you've offended people from yesterday's show. I think they think you said it. What did I? What? Oh, I, oh, silly thing. Oh, I'm not quite even be bothered to go into it, but well, I've been reported to everyday sexism. Hang on a second. Oh, hang on, hang on a second. Why, um, 
Um, oh, hang on. Why is my A button not working? Hmm? Um, guys? Guys? Yo, yo, yo. Hang on a minute. Don't start trying to just say... Why Check it me... one, two. Uh, no, this is actually now... Serious, my um, computer's uh, crashed, guys, so my A button doesn't work. Uh-oh. Oh, it's on pause. Well, how do I unpause it? Close the fader. <laughs> and yeah. then stop. There you go. Right. And then open it. No. Oh. Yeah. That, oh, those, those guys were so much fun. I'd be glad that they have to come back. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So the, the, the B works. Across the A button does not work, guys. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, well. What, so we get every other trail? Is that a massive loss? <laughs> Bloody thing. Oh, this blooming thing. They've spent a fortune on it, and it's rubbish. Mm. Right, OK. Uh, so the A button doesn't work. That's fine. Um, 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 what happens if I do that? Um, not a thing. It's knackered. Well, that was worth um, £2 million. Yeah. Right, OK. Um, let's have some of uh, this... It's just a shanty in an old shanty town. The roof is so slanty, it touches the ground. A tumble down shack, way out by the railroad track. Lord, a millionaire's mansion keeps calling me back. I would give a million if I were a king. I'd give up my life, I'd give up every little thing. I got a gal waiting there with a great big silvery crown and a shanty, old shanty town. Well, it's just a little old shanty down, old shanty, 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 shanty town. The roof is so slanty that it goes up, comes down, then goes around. I tumble down shacker by the railroad. Tracker, baby, and it's way, way, way in the back. Oh, Lord, a million as a mansion, babe. Shiny, get your gun, and won't you take it on the run to the shanty and shanty town? Many of them moochie kicking the gong around. Smokey Joe couldn't go, he had to stop and see the show. But I got a gal with there with a great big golden crown and a shanty. Oh, shanty, shanty town. Talk it, boy, talk it. There's only a shanty, honey. A real old shanty town. The roof is so slanted. Almost touches the ground. Why, it's an old broken down shack. Sitting out there by that railroad track. Like a millionaire's mansion, honey. It's calling me back Just a little old shanty down Oh, shanty, 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 shanty <laughs> Look at that shanty It's kind of canny, but it's groovy Cause I got a gal with there With a great big silvery crown So long, farewell To lose, goodbye Cut now To old shanty down Ten pence. 
Ten pence. Ten pence well spent. That's the ink spots mm-hmm. for ten pence. Who have you annoyed? Go on, what, what did you right, do? Right, okay. You know, yesterday I, I got my biscuits out. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I left early. I missed this. No, you didn't. You came in and you were having a chat with Oh, you mean your us. actual biscuits, not yeah. your ginger snap. <laughs> they were ginger snaps, actually, as it happens. <laughs> we're back to um, not wearing pants. Okay, yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay. So you came in here... Look at Tony, he's come to do a serious news story and we're talking about ginger snaps. Now, much as um, Ian loves staring deeply into Simon Oxley's eyes while he's reading the bulletins, sometimes he comes in here to annoy us during the bulletin. And he was doing that yesterday. Sexual harassment. And I said to him, um, I said to him, go on, get on with the show. What do you think this is, a coffee morning? And then proceeded, got got my biscuit and with a flourish. Yeah. Uh Chomp down. Yeah. 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 I I tweeted that and then there's this this, uh, woman on uh, Twitter says... Ninky New. No, I'm not going to name her because I don't want to shame her. I just want to... Well, it's Ninky New. I just want to laugh at her a bit. She says... Ninky New. Been annoyed all day after the comment about women on radio and interrupted (laughs) coffee mornings, 8.47am. I'm flipping out. She even took a note of the time. And she's she's reported me to everyday sexism. Terrible. Grr. So I wrote back. I said, don't be. I was being ironic. Obviously, that got lost. Go, listen, instead of, instead of, I'll tell you what, Ninky knew, instead of reporting people to everyday sexism, make sure you finish the washing. Oh. <laughs> Irony. No. Now, serious stuff. Bedfordshire police are investigating reports of electoral, electoral? Electoral. Thank you. <laughs> Electoral fraud in Luton. An accountant from the Biscot area claims that he and his mother were turned away from the polling station and to- told that they'd applied for postal votes when they hadn't. Well, Tony Fisher, you got more on this. What happened um, uh, when him and his mum went to vote? Well, when they went to vote, or when they tried to vote, um, there was a big argument, and uh, he says a van load of police officers attended the polling station at Blenheim Crescent uh, because they refused to leave. Um, now, the 46-year-old claims that he and his mother, Manjula, were both turned away at 7pm on May the 7th uh, by polling officers who told the pair that they'd applied for a postal vote already, uh, which they deny. Mm. Mr Ruperlia says that neither he nor his mother submitted an application uh, and after a dispute, both were invited to complete what's called tendered ballot papers, uh, which don't go towards the final count and they're not put in the ballot box. So, so it's basically, it's basically it's pointless. It's a pink slip and it doesn't actually go towards Gosh. the count. So um, it's also claimed that Mrs. Ruparelia was turned away from the same polling station earlier that day, um, which apparently goes against election rules, stating that even if you apply for a postal vote and turn up to a polling station before 5 pm on the day, you should be issued with the second ballot. So Mr. Ruperelia says, well, he says lots of things, but he says that the polling well, officers at Blenheim Crescent were not properly trained. I would be furious if I turned up and they said, no, 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 you've, you've got postal vote. He's, he's, he's basically been denied a vote. He Incredible. Him and uh, what is Mr. Ruperelia doing about well, this? Well, he's, he's tried for the last two months to get answers out of Luton Borough Council. He submitted an FOI. Um, he says oh, he did receive white polling cards, but we've never applied for postal votes. And his question is, uh, why have the council not produced the postal vote application for his mother and him. Uh, He's spoken to the returning officer, Trevor Holden, who's also the chief executive of Luton Borough Council. Uh, They met on May the 7th. He says Mr Holden told him that the allegations you are making are so serious, I'm going to refer this to the police. However... It wasn't until yesterday that the matter was actually... Refer- actually, correction, it wasn't until Wednesday that the matter was mm. referred to so the So two police. months later? Two months later. Uh, so two months on, and uh, this gentleman still hasn't got a clue what's, no, what's happened. as I say, he's uh, he submitted various FOIs to try and find out uh, how many tendered ballot papers were cast. So, i.e., how many 
papers were, you know, were just useless, basically. Yeah. Still haven't got any answers to that. Um, he's made a formal complaint. He intends to refer uh, the refusal notice to the Information Commissioner, and he also intends to issue, issue a county court summons to Trevor Holden to publish the information about the tendered ballot papers. Well, good for him. Um, now, uh, he's been speaking also to the Luton South MP, Gavin Shuker, uh, who says he says has been pushing for a meeting between him and the Council Chief Executive, Trevor Holden. Uh, and in a letter to Mr Holden, Mr Shuka has written, uh, I believe the most important matter to be addressed is to ensure that transparency and accountability are maintained at every single juncture. There clearly seems to be many discrepancies on a range of issues relating to this uh, that need both addressing and ultimately receive satisfactory and full closure. Now, they'll deny this, but Luton Borough Council don't like coming on this show because they get asked, um, you know, questions. Are they coming on? No, what, what have well, they been I've, saying? I, uh, I spoke to them about four times yesterday. I think I spoke to three different press officers officers. We are uh, getting Trevor Holden on, okay. in theory, at uh, eight o'clock. So we can uh, put some of these questions uh, to him. Uh, why it's taken so long uh, for the matter to be referred to the police. How many, crucially, how many tendered ballot papers there were at the last election in Luton. And also, very crucially, is there a postal vote form in his and his mother's name at the council? Because um, if there is, and he's not, this gentleman hasn't uh, applied for a postal vote, then that, that that's, a big, that's a big thing, isn't it? Because that means that some Someone somewhere has got a rogue vote. Yes, yes. And it's worth noting, too, that when we broke allegations, you may remember last year, of membership packing in the Labour Party over a year ago, there were allegations of electoral fraud and tales of postal votes being collected from family homes unmarked. All right. Nice one, Tony. So, uh, potentially uh, a very big story. Um, you're looking great this morning. Thank you. It's got to be said, and I really enjoyed our, our banter out out the back. Coming as we came in the back. We came in the back, and... Uh, Together. Tony and I, we high-fived as we came in the back, and it really was... It was a very a powerful moment. Powerful moment, witnessed by a lady. <laughs> it was! It was witnessed by a lady! There was, shall we say, indoor language was being spoken outdoor, and I went, Tony, there's a lady over there. What, which lady no. was it? Um, I don't know, Lady of the Night. Oh. Well, uh, it was night A local resident. <laughs> Sorry, madam, if you're listening. About everything. We were just we were just coming in the back. Okay. Here's here's my idea, Tony. You get a chair, you ram it against that door, we play That'll Be the Day by Bolly Holly fifty two times by in who? a row. Bolly Holly. Bo- Bolly Holly. <laughs> and we uh we take over this radio station. I'm I'm not good at accents, I'm not going down that road. Um probably a good idea. Or you can go and put the coffee on. Justin's already done that, actually, thanks. Got coffee right here. I, I've got an empty. Oh, I've got a nice full mug of coffee. Guys, Cheers, you know. Know I've got... guys, yeah. guys, guys. Delicious. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Quiet so far this morning on the M1 between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable. There's roadworks going on. That could cause some delays this morning when it starts to get busier, but it's looking fine at the moment and no reports of any problems elsewhere on the M25 or the M40. In Milton Keynes on Standingway, there's roadworks at the Kingston Roundabout, so expect delays there later on too. And in Welling Garden City on Hartford Road, there's water mains works going on at Bush Hall Lane. On the train to Patchboards, there's no major delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Right, where are we now? It is at 6.15. It's Friday the 10th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC 
Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they've begun an investigation into suspected electoral... Electoral? Thank you. Fraud in Luton. Why am I struggling with that word? Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. And a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Nick Hoffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. The book is all about how you can use nature to make walking a detective game. There's no cost to spending um, ten minutes looking at all this stuff. Three mums from Hertfordshire have uh, got something a little bit different planned. Uh, this weekend they're walking the 100 kilometres. We've done lots of training and we're aiming to complete it within 24 hours. Nick Hoffer. Is that a maze in front of your house? It's called a parterre. Oh, it's a parterre, is it? <laughs> I planted it myself with 540 plants, so I know it's a parterre. Award-winning uh, Milton Keynes sports journalist Mike Calvin has written Gareth Thomas's autobiography. I've got to think what you think, I've got to see what you see, I've got to hear what you hear, and that will be an inherently painful process. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. Um, uh, where's... Uh, i tell you what we're going to do in a little bit. What are we going to do? There's not a lot in the papers, guys. And if I'll be honest, it's my last day, so I'm not really uh, paying attention. But for the first time in a long time... Uh, we've got one of these, um, bad boys. Morning. We've got one of those. Do you want to hear it now? And and do you want to ponder on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly's, uh, good to have you back, Kelly. Thanks, player. I've got your microphone open. I may close it very quickly. Okay. Uh One of those, eh? One of those. Um, okay. So, this is it. I, I read a headline. You have to guess what the story is. Are you ready? Oh, I've got that already, look. Cock fright. Cock fright. Cock. Well, they can be quite fierce, can't they? Fright. Kelly, would you like to go first? Cock fright. Any ideas? Yes. What the story? Okay, any ideas you can say on the radio? Nope. Okay. But I can come up with another one. No, that's very mature of you, Kelly. Well done. You're learning the discipline. Catherine, cock fright. Angry, angry cockerel. Okay, they can be fearsome. So I bet one of them is has gone rogue, and people don't dare to enter its perimeters. Hey, you know what? She's spot on. Boom! Cock. I know about cockerels. That's that's boring. Grumpy cockerel, Stan. Yeah. Imagine a grumpy cock. I see one every morning. Was evicted. There is. There's a, there's a nature reserve I as know. we come past it. I know, yeah. Was evicted from a tourist site. For attacking kids. Oh, oh, it picked on kids as well. It picked on kids. Those mm. things is vicious. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. You told me track four. Well, I counted them wrong then, didn't I? Hang on. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, I got it on the wrong side. One, two, three, four, eight. It was four. You got it on the wrong side. Oh, oh dear. dear. I can't believe you've not listened to this whole album. It's a masterpiece. It's been in my boot since I've also. It's a masterpiece. Listen to the man that goes. I am not in love. But I'm open to persuasion. Stetson. East or west. Doorbells. Where's the best? Doorbells. Cuff my. With a friend. I can smile. But with a lover, I could hold my hair back. With a laugh, really laugh. Thank you. 
is a masterpiece. I must say, I'm, I really, I like that song, but I'm mostly playing it just to prove I'm not sexist. No. no. Today. Some women really are daft, aren't they? Hey, watch me, I'm going to be funny. <laughs> hang on, let me do it louder. Not louder. No, there we go. There we go, hang on. Hang on. Knockers are better. What I'm doing <laughs> is, I'm miming the words. Um... I would not say yes, but I certainly would not say no. And miming the words as they go out. Of course, Beautiful. The, the best one is... Doorbells. <laughs> 
In fact, later on, Kelly, um, maybe you could film me doing that. That would be a lot of... Oh, no, go away. Are we going to listen to the whole album? Well, why not? It's a masterpiece. You could film me going... Stetson. I would love to do that. OK, fine. Any time, baby. We could put it out next week in replace of the podcast. Yeah, won't be yeah screw the podcasts. We'll do vidcast. Vidcast. OK, I'm going to turn you off now. OK. There we go. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? She was annoying me a little bit there. She was using um, um, free will. And I don't like that. Wow. I don't like free will. The film... They should, though. Very, very clever. Very, very clever. <laughs> that, not funny, but clever. You're like um, The Now Show or any other Radio 4 comedy. Clever, but not funny. Thanks, mate. You're welcome, player. Anyway, it's great to have you back. Thank you. Who's your boyfriend? Akeem. Akeem. Okay, nice. Is it customary to bring our boyfriends to work now? Because no one told me Listen, this. Listen, it's Friday. You're not here next week. It's nothing to do no with you No one told anymore. me I could bring my boyfriend in. Tony you Fisher came in with you. Raul is at home. Raul. In his silk dressing gown. And I, if I'd have known, I'd have brought him in. I que guapo ese Raul. Hmm? The parents of 50 deaf and disabled children have been told they'll have to make alternative arrangements at come September following the sudden closure of their school. The Penn School went into administration on Wednesday with the warning that unless a buyer is found, it will close at the end of term. What a terrible story for those people involved. Catherine, um, what's happened to leave this school in such a sorry state? Well, the Penn School is what's known as a non-maintained special school, which essentially means it's a not-for-profit charity which runs a school rather than the local authority. However, the student that go to the school are referred and paid for by the local authorities. Oh. So from what we understand, the school had significant money problems stemming from 2013 when the school was rated inadequate by Ofsted. The administrators say that the problem has been building for two years since, saying it's resulted in a significant drop in student numbers and therefore income, and with an unexpected uh, reduction in expected members of uh, sorry numbers of pupils for the upcoming year, it became clear uh, that the school couldn't go on. Uh, so what happens? Well, it's uh, a terrible situation for the parents and the kids. Deloitte are the administrators, and they're saying that unless a buyer can be found, the school will close at the end of term. The administrators say their priority is the welfare of the children, and that they're consulting closely with staff, pupils and parents during this time. Now, given the importance of stability and routine for some of the students, this obviously needs to be handled really carefully. Mm. However, the parents are still holding out hope that a solution can be found to keep the school open. Uh, they're saying that now, between now and the end of term, they're looking for assurances from local authorities that they will resume referring children to the school to guarantee a source of income and that the generous benefactor that they are looking for will arrive. They say the school's had amazing results in helping with the development of their children. Um, we've spoken to Buckinghamshire County Council about this. They're aware of the issues and say they're liaising with parents and other schools to make sure that all students can find suitable places. OK, well, let's, um, let's keep an eye on that and hope that has a, a, a happy conclusion. OK, I'll go first. See if you can pick up the game, Kelly. Um, I'll go first, Catherine, then it's Kelly. Tell your fella to button it. We're on the radio. We're doing live radio now. We're not doing love radio. radio okay. Now. All right. Yeah. Can you stop holding hands oh, and can God, can God, you get sorry. off of it? Can you get off of his lap, please? And scene. Oh, sorry. What's what's his name? Akim. 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 Come on, mate. Please, just listen. I'm not being funny. I know you're in love. We're just trying to do a radio show, mate. That's all it is. That's all it is. Take her off your lap. <laughs> Put her down on the chair. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. OK, I'll go first. See if you can pick up the game. Roy Hodgson. Mm. Jim Davidson. Oh, OK, I've got it. Um... <laughs> Said someone who clearly hasn't got it. Sonny. What? Is, it, is the word not son? No. Okay. Try again. We'll do another round. Right, okay. try, we'll do another round. Um, 
Oh, I've got one. Go on. Barbara Windsor. Okay. Victoria Derbyshire. Oh, she's good. Go. Cilla Black. What? Mm, well, I don't know on. what you're saying. All right, okay. La- we'll, have a, we'll have another round, okay? Um, <laughs> Dave Davis from the Kinks. Neville Neville from the Nevilles. Duran Duran. Right, this is... Are you playing for real or what? I'm, I'm, I think your boyfriend is a distraction. I'm, I'm going to say I'm trying to jump it. on what you're doing. And it's... You're trying to jump on something and it's yeah. not what we're doing. Just pay no. attention. All right, l- last, Focus. last round before we go to the Trav, OK? If so you wanna... it, has it been the same rules each time? Yes, mate, we're playing the game. Of course it is. If you want to play, 03459 OK, Kate Bush. OK, um... Um... Okay, um, can I have some thinking music? You can um, uh, eventually, yes, everybody gets some thinking music, eventually. Hang on a second, we go to there. Uh, Yeah, here we go. You want to jump in? Yeah, Jonathan Ross. Okay, Jonathan Ross. Okay, Kelly Betts, it's over to you. Roy Orbison. What? Oh, for crying out. What are you doing? Oh, for goodness Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 Watford Way is looking a little bit busy uh, between Apex Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21 Roundabout in Brickett Wood is starting to build up too. But there's no reported problems on the M25 or the motorways. The M1 is moving fine through the roadworks between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable. But that could get busy later on. And on the train departure boards, there are no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to play the game that Catherine and I are playing, Kelly's just messing out about and Ruining 03459 455555. Right now, though, let's get the news. Here's Simon. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30. The headlines. Bedfordshire police say they have begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. It follows claims by an accountant that he and his mother were allegedly denied a vote in the general election in May. Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. Luton-based Thompson and First Choice, who don't have any holidaymakers in the country, said they're working to bring their staff home within the next 24 hours. And a boarding school for Deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Unless a bower can be found, Penn School will close at the end of this term. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's men's semi-finals day at Wimbledon with Andy Murray taking on Roger Federer. The match second on centre court after Novak Djokovic against Richard Gasquet. Murray and Federer have been recalling two Wimbledon finals back in 2012. After what had happened in the Wimbledon final, you know, a few weeks before and then to play against the same opponent in the final of the Olympics a few weeks later and, and win, it was, yeah, it was a big turning point in my career. Yeah, I think we both like to look back at that summer. Uh, me, not so much at the Olympics, him for me, not so much at Wimbledon, but at the end of the day, if we could have had it beforehand, we knew I was going to win Wimbledon, him Olympics, we both probably would have taken it. It was a great summer for both of us. 
There's already one Murray in a final with Andy's brother Jamie into Saturday's men's doubles final with Australian John Pearce. England have the advantage going into day three of the first Ashes test in Cardiff. Australia will resume this morning on 264 for five, still trailing England by 166. In football, Luton have made their 10th signing of the summer. Defender Mark O'Brien has joined the Hatters. Here's Jeff Doyle. O'Brien was released by Championship Club Derby last month, having been on loan at Scottish Premiership side Motherwell last season. He's 22 and seen as a centre-half, although he can play at full-back and in midfield. O'Brien has signed a two-year deal at Kenilworth Road, having played in the Portugal friendly on Tuesday. He increases competition in defence, which has already been improved by the arrivals of Scott Cuthbert, Magnus Akungai, Stephen O'Donnell and Dan Potts. The Hatters could look a very different side next season. Watford's Olympic super heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua will, will fight Dillian White for the British heavyweight title in November or December. Joshua has won all 13 of his fights as a professional inside three rounds, but lost to White as an amateur. And race leader Tony Martin is out of the Tour de France after breaking his collarbone in a crash at the end of stage six. So Britain's Chris Froome will take over the yellow jersey. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin at seven. Tony Martin? Not the... No. Uh, OK, thank no, you very much. one. That's, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Phew. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Gosh. Radio. Imagine a, pi- imagine a pile-up with him involved. I mean, oh, blimey. No. Sorry if you if you were interrupted during the news there, but you may have heard me going, Kath, Kath, I'm being funny. <laughs> I, was being, I was being very, very funny. I'm glad you flagged it up. It's so easy to miss. OK, <laughs> one more game. And yeah. then we'll play a song, yeah? Yeah. OK. Can I have a clue about what you're doing? I don't know, can Just a you? a little bit. OK. Can he s- please Hello? stop kissing your neck? Um, please. 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 I mean, I mean, I mean, listen, I've just met I you. Can I can see it's, that. It's nice to meet you. It's great. It's a bit weird that she's brought her boyfriend along, and that is... But you know what? It's rock and roll, My last it? day, I don't care. But I'm going to have to ask you to, um, to, to pull those back up, please. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Right, OK, so... That's a shame. Um, now, here's one I didn't realise until I saw him live the other day. Jim Dale. Oh. Yeah, Jim Dale's well, one. Well, often that happens. Is yep. he from London? Uh, yes. Right. Oh, I know what you're doing. What? I've got it. OK, all, all right, right, fine. Well, do you want to go next, then? No. You go, you go, you go, Kelly. All right, we'll reverse it. We'll reverse oh, it. I can't think of one. Oh, I've got one. Yeah. Pete Beale. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> You like that? I like it. Pee-pee. <laughs> Kelly? Um, oh, three, four, five, you're, nine. You're four, naming four. Cockneys. No. Oh, for crying well, I don't out know what you're doing. <laughs> you haven't got a clue how to play this game, have you? No, because you haven't told me. No. Yeah. Oh, oh, come on. This here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, love machine. Oh, ten, four, pig, pen. For sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to taco now. Arizona, noon on the 7th of June when they highballed over the pass. Bulldog Mac with a can on back and a Jaguar hauling ass. He's 10 on the floor, stroking boars, seat cover starting the game. Now, Beaver, you a trucking with a rubber duck, and I'm about to pull a plug on your drain.
Stetson. New Mexico on I-40 like a Texas lizard on glass. One thousand pedals was mashing the metal and bears was a walk in the grass. We trucked all day and we trucked all night. Big Benny approving our style. We could tell by the smell we was heading for hell and the devil was dirty Lyle. Doorbells. Now Lyle was a creep, he was tacky and cheap, but he had him a badge and a gun. He hated the duck and he hated his truck and he loved to bust truckers for fun. So he followed the line and he bided his time and he watched for his chance to strike. Then he picked on a trucker, yeah, wiry old sucker, he had a trucker to call Spider Mike. But the great rubber duck sort of run out of luck when he crossed that final bridge. There's choppers and rigs full of guns and pigs, they's wall to wall on the ridge. He showed no fear as he grabbed his gear and he stuck it Just, I used to love that song. I used to love that film. It's a great film, one of Sam Peckinpah's greatest. Um, oh, Ali McGraw and Chris Christopherson, and then the weird um, waitress woman that Chris Christopherson's cheating on, and it's his birthday, and he goes into the back of the truck, and she sat. I remember this so vividly. She sat there. Um, she's wrapped. She's naked, apart from a ribbon, and she says, "It says it in a really weird phrasing." I've not seen this film for thirty years, right? But she says, "Help me unwrap the present." Ooh. Oh, that stuck with me. Wowzers. Um, okay. What was the present? Her, um... Oh. Okay, last go. Last round. Does uh, anybody know what they're yeah. doing? Yeah, 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 we all know. Colin, are you playing or not? No, I don't know what it's all about either. Exactly. Okay, right. I will go I will go next. You start it, Kath. You start. Okay. Uh, Peter Cox from Go West. Chris Packham. Okay, I've got it. Okay. Um, Percy Sledge. What? Was it not the last? So uh, the la last letter of your? No, no, of course it's not. What a stupid thing to say. What a dumb. Well, All right, should we do another one? Why? Uh, okay. okay, we'll do um, uh, one more. Okay, let's do one more. John Gaunt. Mark Owen. From the Take That. Mm. John Gaunt from the olden days. Yep. And the back bedroom. 
John Gaunt from his back bedroom, from his nana's bedroom. From the five gold stars. Kelly? Lorraine Kelly. Oh, for crying out loud. I don't know what you're saying. Colin, do you want to have a go? No, I don't understand it either. Flipping it. What is the point of us even... I'm with Kelly here. Well, you're not. Akeem is. (laughs) Well, why don't you play a game with him, Kelly? What with Colin? They'll just be saying stuff. Yeah, that's what you're doing. No. No, mate. There is method to it. There is a, a reason. What is the reason? I can't, can't join in without that reason. Oh, good song next. But I can't join in without you explaining okay, Kelly, Kelly, again. Kelly, we'll, we'll, I want you to think about your behaviour this morning. Maybe, maybe there's one extra person in this relationship that is putting you off your game. Oh, yeah, Yoko, Ian. there. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to turn that down because she's going to say something rude. Right, um, Colin, what do you want? Right, I was flicking through the channels. Steady and on, mate. I don't easy. need to know about that. What Sat in front of the telly, flicking away, yes. What did you stumble and, upon? Um, I, I don't often watch it, but I was watching a bit of the community channel. <laughs> <laughs> so you're that person. What What is the local channel here? I know that, because I know there's London Live in London. Uh, I what? don't know, mate. It just says community channel. Oh, OK. Well, it's mate. called um, community channel. Yeah, good, good name. Great name, guys. Um, I yeah. was watching a program called The Floating Chef. Oh. Oh, yeah. Does that ring any bells to you? Do you know, it does ring a distant bell. Is it about a man, an annoying chef, who's got a dream of setting up a really tiny restaurant on a punt in Paris? Spot on. Yeah, yeah, never heard of it. And, um, I was... I, I didn't oh. realise it was you. Well, I'm not the chef. Of I saw the credit. Yeah, I'm not the chef. I'm the guy doing no, the voiceover. No. I, used have, I used to have a highly yeah, successful voiceover crew. The narrator. Yeah, the voice. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm good, aren't I? Yeah. yeah. yeah reading things. Good. When I, I, when I, I do, do my my films, I'm going to get oh. you to do the voiceover for Bounchica, me. Bounce wow wow. Colin's got a new fossil. Yeah, I have actually. Tell what? me more, Colin. Um, I got it from the uh, charity shop. Is it a big one? No, it's not very big. But it's How old nice. is it, Colin? It's about a hundred and ninety million years old. Oh, <laughs> is it very, very shiny? Uh, it will be. Are you going to buff it and up? Hopefully, it'll be see-through. <laughs> oh. You don't, mate. You've been sold a pup. You don't get see-through fossils. You've been you've got bought, a paperweight there, mate. You've bought some glass. No, no, no. no you don't no. get see-through when fossils. That's impossible. Prepped, when it's prepped, yeah, or cleaned up. Gosh, uh, it should look very nice. And what does your wife think through. about this? I'm not married. Thanks mate. very much indeed, Colin. There we go. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. I had to do some more voiceovering yesterday. Did you? Um, I can't get a gig even though I can do that voice. Well, no, it's good. It's good. You don't need to do that, do that voice. Which voice? This one. Wrong voice. Oh. You want this voice? We all know that the internet is full of millions right. of cat videos. Let me have a But go. don't worry, we've trawled through them for you, and we've got the best clips of cats that make you laugh out loud. Okay. So you do it. The internet's full of crazy cat videos. I mean, and they'll make you LOL all over yourself. I'm feeling sexy. Why? Because I'm laughing so much at these crazy cats from Russia. No, I can't compete with that. So you got that's how you do it. Girls, you have a go, it's fun. If you think that cat was funny, you should see my Whoa. My mum's cat. 
that was funny when she was alive. Thank you for that, Colin. That's, I'd forgotten about that programme. That was years and years ago. Uh, and the chef in it was particularly annoying. Mm. 03459 four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. Not a lot in the Whoa. papers. There's a bit. Well, there's... Th- th- there's some news about a party we weren't invited to. Kate holds Charlotte in a christening image. So we can have a look at the pictures. No, oh, it's just... It's you know. very pretty. Okay. Baby's very sweet. I'm very happy for them. Um... Oh, where's... Oh, here we go. My, my least favourite place in the world. And I had to put... I drove to London yesterday to, to do more cat voiceovers. And <laughs> London... The cats just don't stop. No, don't. It's being cut down from um, six-hour-long episodes to 12 30-minute episodes for the, for the Comedy Central channel. Ah, uh, and they'll put loads of adverts in and it'll still last an hour. Yep. Those guys... We've waxed up our boards, donned our wetsuits, and we've surfed the web to try and find the funniest pet clips so you don't have to. Wow. Have a look at this cat eating the face off a dead bird. Oh. Um, uh, but but London was chock a block. Uh, it was gridlock yesterday because um, right on, brothers, uh, my comrades, yep. my comrades were striking because um, they don't want to work a few more hours for extra money. Fair enough. So London was great. I had to I had to park next to this place yesterday. Madame Tussauds, oh, yeah. Madame Tussauds, bon, Madame bon. Tussauds. Waxworks are rubbish. Waxworks are rubbish. The word I was going to use would have fitted better. Oh, we're late for this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Dunstable, the High Street North has been closed in both directions between Brewers Hill and Church Street because of an accident. In Brickettwood, it's busy on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And looking at the speed sensors, the A1 slow southbound in Borenwood from the Holiday Inn towards Barnet Lane at Sterling Corner. On the train departure board, though, there's no delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. I need a running commentary every time I muff it up, all right? They, they know I'm muffing it up. They don't need going, oh, didn't want to do that. It was that. involuntary. You'll regret that. Oh. 6.46. Um, it's Friday, the 10th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Although I'm a bit dry, it'd be easier to do this if I had a cup of coffee or something uh, working. Now, Bedfordshire police say they've begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. Electoral? Electoral. Thank you. Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. And a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. More of uh, your fun stories from the newspapers after the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Today's going to be a lovely day, beautiful summer's day right across the three counties, feeling warmer than yesterday and there'll be lots of sunshine around as well. So we could be looking at top temperatures of up to 27 degrees Celsius somewhere. We may even get a 28 degrees as well. Um, Feeling really very warm, just a light southerly breeze helping to push up that very warm air from the near continent. So plenty of sunshine through the day, very high pollen levels and the UV levels today are very high too. So something to watch out for. Now as we head through into this evening, 
morning and the overnight period, well, uh, basically that sunshine is going to turn a little bit hazier. Uh, through the night, we've actually got a very weak cold front coming our way. Don't get excited. There won't be enough rain to water the garden, perhaps a few spits and spots and thickening cloud. Starting off the day tomorrow on 15 or 16 degrees. Saturday, the nicer day of the weekend. Lots of sunshine around through the morning. More like sunny spells into the afternoon with some cloud building and the breeze picking up. Um, temperatures just that little bit cooler, probably at around 24 degrees maybe uh, for Saturday. By Sunday, there will be more in the way of cloud. It'll be cooler and we could even see some outbreaks of light rain at times. And it's looking quite unsettled into the start of next week. That's the forecast, Ian. BBC Trust is the governing body of the BBC. Right now, it would like your thoughts on BBC Local Radio and local news on TV and online. It's all part of a review to make sure you're getting the very best service and value for money from the BBC here in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Share your views by filling out the questionnaire at bbc.co.uk slash trust. Or to receive a copy in the post, call free on 08000 Bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. Yep, yep, oh, that's the one with that. In. Sweet as A N U T. Not, not National Union. Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Lonely days are gone. I'm a going home. My baby just wrote me a letter. I don't care how much money I gotta spend. Got to get back to my baby. Lonely days are gone, I'm a-going home My baby used to wrote me a letter When she wrote me a letter Said she couldn't live without me no more Listen, mister, can't you see I got to get back to my baby once more Anyway, yeah, give me a ticket for an aeroplane Ain't got time to take a fast train Lonely days are gone, I'm a-going home My baby used to wrote me a letter When she wrote me a letter Said she couldn't live without me no more Listen, mister, can't you see I got to get back to my baby once more Anyway, yeah, give me a ticket for an aeroplane Ain't got time to take a fast train Lonely days are gone, I'm a-going home My baby used to put me a little My baby used to put me a little Sixteen years old when it's he incredible. sang that. Sixteen years old, Mr Alex Chilton. There's a great documentary on Netflix about the band he was in after the Box Tops called Big Star. <clears throat> now, I don't know enough about Big Star. They're, they're a gap in my musical knowledge. But the documentary is flipping brilliant. Sad story, guys. I'm all over that this weekend. It's a sad story, but it's a good one. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, anyway, so, I had to park outside Madame Tussauds. I flipping hate that place. And to have to walk past it. And not... I, I don't want to sound all farage. French kids outside again. Yeah, not one English voice outside it. I don't want to be all farage but um, it was not one English voice. Was is los? Where is the fox works? Oh, where is Cousinwa? Where are the wax works? I would like to go to see the bo- Boris Johnson made of wax. S'il vous plaît. They were saying, um, hello. No, I won't no. do that. No. But they were all accents from around the, the world. world. All, Beautiful. Um, 
I, hello, I'm a Dutchman and I would like to go and... I'm from South Africa yeah. and I would... Is there, have they got a waxwork slot on there? I just want to go on the slot. Uh, do they have a waxwork of um, uh, Milady? But they haven't got an Oscar anymore. They've not got an Oscar. And they, they melted the Oscar down. You don't Leave get it. A... Anyway. So, uh, uh, Madame Two Swords, now what they've got is... Well, I was going to say the selfie queen. We all know that's Karen Danchuk, and they've not made a Danchuk um, waxwork. They're holding off on that just to see which way that story goes. Because it could go, it could go massive. She could go Big Brother. It could go. I think small. she will. Have you seen the latest revelation? She's been having it away with um, a salesman. With a salesman. It, no, so it's not the selfie queen. I would say it's the uh, selfie. Um, Princess Kim Kardashian. When Ooh, it comes hang to on, no, she's the empress of selfie. She's Ooh. the empress of butt butt. When it comes to, to make myself laugh, uh, sorry Kelly, no, well, it was not for broadcast. When it comes, I should know that because you, when you're saying something rude, you overemphasize it when you mime it, and I, I should have known. When it comes to taking selfies, Kim Kardashian is clearly set in her ways, as her new waxwork shows. <laughs> Madame Two Swords in London have unveiled their fig. Right, okay, here we go. Let's play Kim Kardashian poker. Guess how much Kelly her waxwork um, it says here cost. Bearing in mind, it's just a giant candle. I know where with they spent bum. all the money. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Six thousand pounds. <laughs> Come on, mate. Catherine, um, I would say seventy thousand pounds. Okay, let's um, let's ask Akim. Where's Akim going? Where's he going? He's going to make you coffee because what? you hinted on air so badly. Yeah, he's, that, he's that was crying. ten minutes ago. Does mate. he know what I that I have special? Yep. yep. Requirements. One hundred and fifty thousand of your Earth pounds. And a hundred thousand of that is bouteille. Fans can have shots with the model in front of backdrops from Paris, Hilton. <laughs> no, the uh, the country Paris <laughs> to the country Taj Mahal. What? Uh, he can change the backdrop. One cheeky guy, Alex Cameron, gave her a kiss by the Eiffel Tower, and then oh. they've put a joke here: his own French connection. That don't make sense. Do you mean do you mean the shop? Oh. Do you mean the film? What are you talking about? Is there a film called The French Connection? Yeah, yeah Gene Hackman. No. Yeah. yeah. Great car I was going to say Gene Wilder. That would be brilliant. <laughs> oh, see no evil, hear no evil is on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. Be beautiful. And the kids are out tomorrow night. I'm watching a slightly offensive film about a deaf man and a blind man who witness a crime with to hilarious consequences. Yes. What have you got in the papers, Catherine? When Ryan Burtwell saw a boy he knew trying to kick an old man's walking stick, he warned him to stop or tell his mum from Sunderland. I'll tell me, ma'am! But all he got in response was a volley of foul-mouthed abuse, so he decided to dish out some old-fashioned discipline. Oh, this is a great story! And used a bar of soap to wash out the six-year-old's mouth. A court was told. I've had that done. So, mm. you, you have, that's a proper old-fashioned thing. I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. Yeah. I have had that done. Although the tearaway Alfie Forsyth was not injured, his mother reported <laughs> Burtwell to police. I'm not having it! The joiner, 23, admitted assault at Sunderland Magistrates Court and was given a 12-month conditional discharge, ordered to pay £85 cost and a £15 victim surcharge. No, you can't do that. You can't put soap in children's mouths. But you used to know him very well. I don't think it entitles you to soap him down. No, I don't... Um, I, I don't... like Kath doing that voice. I do like a Geordie voice. I wouldn't want to marry one, but, you know... Weekend away, beautiful. Here's one. I've sent Justin out on this. We'll speak to Justin about this. arrange that for a weekend. I don't know whether I can sustain it. We'll, um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to Justin about this later on. Mm. And this is what I've always thought. Oh, well, I've known it. 
Well, now it's evidenced. OAP's worst on road rage. Male pensioners are the worst road rage offenders. Those aged 69 are most likely... You right? Kath? Yeah. Because I forgot you're a 15-year-old schoolboy. Those aged 69 Uh, are most likely... What's he doing? We're doing a live radio show and your boyfriend's walking in. He's bringing you in your coffee. Flipping it. Did you say a code word or something? Akeem, thank you for the coffee. Thank you, Akeem. You're very kind. Just, I've just got to ask you. Can I ask you one thing? Matt, can I speak to you man to man? Okay. He's very just, silent, isn't he? You can speak, Akeem. You can right, speak. Cool. Yeah, okay. But, you know... Because other people think we're making you up. We yeah. couldn't... We couldn't make you up. Just man to man, okay? Right. Please, please, please use contraceptive. That's all I'm going to say. We don't want a little Kelly running around. Of okay? course. All right? A smaller. No, I'm sure the kids will be beautiful, but just make sure you cover no, it. Him. Good lad. Thank you, mate. Away you go. Good lad. <laughs> That way, you, you, you have you, you got oh. the fun, but you're securing the knowledge that it's safe. If Akeem's mother's Good listening, lad. I'm so sorry. You Good sent lad. him here for an education, and he's he's got an education. Always, just as Jeremy Kyle says, put something on the, on the end of it. And I only recently found out he meant um, willies. Oh, oh. Male pensioners are the worst road rate. It's my last day. The worst, and they smell nice though. Gorgeous. Let's all just take in. Uh, let's just take in uh, Akeem, nice and deep. <laughs> He won't last. A a clean person working in radio? No. Those aged 69 are most likely to start a row or drive aggressively after an incident found a study with men of 79 a close second. So basically, this is what I've always thought. Old men are not only angry, they're bitter, they're bad drivers, says the man who may lose his driving licence. Um, uh, uh, an insurance company found that on average there is an incident every 20 minutes. Gosh. Um, Lincoln is the road rage capital. So there, it's old men are the ones... This is what I've always said. Oh, what about... No, what about young people? Well, young people, OK, maybe we learn to drive too young. But men over 70, come on, guys. You shouldn't be on the roads. There's the evidence in a three-paragraph tiny story tucked away on page 22 of today's Daily Mirror. Thanks, guys. Catherine, you've got 40 seconds. Uh, Yeah, something about living in suburbia being good for you. If you could just stretch that out a little bit. Living in suburbia is good for you, it transpires from a survey that I've not read properly. Yeah, okay. Again, just another... Just stretch that out, because what you've said there isn't interesting. Yep. I didn't say it was interesting. Just so... I'm just going to go to travel early. Yeah. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Dunstable, the High Street North has been closed in both directions between Hudson Road and the Church Street because of an accident. In Brickettwood, it's busy on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, and it's starting to get busy too on the M25 now, anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. On the train to Patchboards, the 714 train from Milton Keynes Central to London Euston is delayed, and on the London Underground, the Metropolitan Line and the Circle Line are suspended between Baker Street and Allgate because of a signal failure. The Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've said it all the time, and now we have factual evidence backing it up. Old people are the worst drivers. They get angry, they lose their tempers, they uh, lash out. If you're an old man in a car, you're more likely to be dishing out the road rage than receiving it. How does that make you feel? 
We'll send Dealey out on the streets with that in a bit. 03459 455555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can text as well, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or you can send an email. Ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police investigate suspected electoral fraud in Luton, tourists coming home from Tunisia and toddler's family vow to carry on their fight for justice. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police say they have begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. It follows claims by an accountant that he and his mother were allegedly denied a vote in the general election in May. More from Tony Fisher. Amit Ruparelia says he was turned away at the polling station in the Biscuit Ward because he'd already applied for a postal vote, which he denies. Instead, he was asked to complete a tendered ballot paper, which doesn't go towards the final count. For the past two months, he's been asking Luton Borough Council how many tendered ballot papers were returned and whether the council has their postal votes. The council confirmed the matter has been referred to the police. Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. Luton-based Thompson and First Choice, who don't have any holidaymakers in the country, say they're working to bring their staff home within the next 24 hours. But the Tunisian ambassador to the UK said the government's announcement was playing into the hands of the terrorists. Police say a murder investigation into the death of a toddler from Bedfordshire will remain open. An inquest has ruled that 19-month-old Samuel Harry was unlawfully killed. His mother and stepfather both blamed each other for his death. The toddler's paternal grandmother, Vivian Harry, says she and the boy's father will fight on. We're not going to back down now. We'll still keep on our fight to get justice for Sam because that's what Nick vowed to do and, and we have to do that for Nick to move on in his life. That's what we have to do. The care provided by a health trust in Buckinghamshire still requires improvement, according to the Chief Inspector of Hospitals. Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust was put into special measures last year following serious concerns. Today's report shows some improvement, but still areas that are failing, as Carol Abercrombie reports. The team visited Stoke Mandeville and Wickham Hospitals and Community Health Services. The Chief Inspector said although the pace of change has been rapid and clinically led, there are still concerns about medical staffing levels at night and at the weekend and inconsistencies in the level of service in emergency care and end-of-life care. Planning laws are being relaxed in an effort to tackle the shortage of new homes. The measures include giving developers automatic planning permission to build on former industrial brownfield sites and ministers will be allowed to override the decisions of councils that fail to meet local housing needs. A boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Unless a buyer can be found, Penn School will close at the end of this term. More from Ben Nye. Deloitte were appointed as administrators on Tuesday to the Rainers Special Education Trust, the charity behind Penn School Limited. It will leave around 50 children with serious special needs without a school place come September. 
Buckinghamshire County Council say they are liaising with parents and other schools to ensure all students can find a suitable place. In sport, it's men's semi-final stay at Wimbledon with Andy Murray taking on Roger Federer. That match is second on centre court after Novak Djokovic against Richard Gasquet. The weather, another dry and sunny day, a maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a little bit slacker than it normally is. It's It's like the last day of term for me. It feels like the last day of term. Why? Well, because once I've gone and done two shows at the other place... uh, I'm on my hollybobs. Where am I going? Bed for a week. I'm staying in bed for a week and I am sleeping. Anyway, if you want to take part in today's show, you can. Uh, Old people, you are bad drivers. It's not just me saying it. It's the newspaper, so you know what? It has to be true. If you're an old man, you're more likely to kick off in the car than a young guy. 03-459-455-555 is the telephone number if you want to give me a call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. And apologies to, uh, well, apologies to Justin Dealey and apologies to, well, you the listener because you would have wanted to have heard Justin Dealey. He was stood outside, he'd uh, stubbed his growler out, he was all ready to broadcast in that last hour and because of the way I have my screen configured, I didn't know he was there. Tony, I, d- I know you're here because I'm looking at you, I'm feeling you and I'm going to let go in a second but I didn't know, Catherine, that Justin was there. We were denied Dealey. I Denied daily. Poor Adrian. If you've ever denied Adrian, 03459 555. It really was um, thoroughly unpleasant. Now, police, Bedfordshire police, are investigating reports. Why do I struggle with this word? Electoral. Electoral, electoral fraud. Thank you very much indeed. It's like if I see the word analyst written down, I can't read it. Mm. A Bedfordshire police are investigating reports of fraud in the election system in Luton. An accountant from the Biscot area claims that he and his mum were turned away from the polling station and they were told that they'd applied for postal votes when they hadn't. Tony Fisher's been looking into this. Uh, what happened? And They went to vote. Yes, um, Mr Rupert earlier and his mother uh, went to vote and they were turned away. He says there was an argument, a van load, as he's described it, of police officers attending, attended the polling station at Blenheim Crest. Um, because he and his mother refused to leave, he says, as they were angry at being denied a, a vote. Um, now, this happened, obviously, back in the elections on May the 7th. He said officers uh, told the pair that they'd applied for a postal vote, which he denies. Um, Mr Ruperlia says that neither he nor his mother submitted an application, and, as I say, after a lengthy dispute, both were invited to complete tendered ballot papers. Now, a tendered ballot paper doesn't go towards the final count and is not put in the ballot box, so it doesn't really count. Um, it's also claimed that Mrs Rupiello was turned away from the same polling station earlier that day, uh, despite apparently election rules stating that even if you apply for a postal vote, 
and say the dog ate it or whatever and you turn up to a polling station before 5pm on that day you should be issued with a second ballot um, so Mr Ruperelia says polling officers at that Blenheim Crescent uh, polling station were not properly trained Now if this gentleman's story is true he is very angry rightfully so he, it would appear he has been denied a vote what's he doing about this? Well he's clearly got quite lots of questions for Luton Borough Council and is demanding answers he said uh, he told me we did receive white polling cards but we've never applied for postal votes uh, the question is why have the council not produced the postal vote application for his mother and him um, now he says he spoke to the returning officer the chief returning officer Trevor Holden who is also happens to be the chief executive of Luton Borough Council uh, on May the 7th and he says that Mr Holden Mr Holden told him and I quote allegations you're making are so serious I'm going to refer this to the police however it wasn't until Wednesday that the matter was referred to the police uh, uh, two months on two months on this gentleman got no extra information he's none the wiser is he none the wiser he's tried uh, lots of different avenues in which to try and get information out of Luton Borough Council including submitting a freedom of information request to find out how many tendered ballot papers were cast uh, the 46-year-old was issued a refusal notice by the council, uh, apparently, as the FOI Act does not apply to electoral returning officers. Um, so, in a sense, he feels like he's been fobbed off. Um, he's made a formal complaint. He intends to refer the refusal notice to the Information Commissioner and he intends to issue a county court summons, he tells me, to Trevor Holden to publish the information about the tendered ballot papers. Um, now, the allegations also been passed on to the Luton South MP, Gavin Shuker, who's been pushing for a meeting between... Mr Rupert Elliott and the Council Chief Executive Trevor Holden uh, and in a letter to Mr Holden Mr Shuka writes I believe the most important matter to be addressed is to ensure that transparency and accountability are maintained at every single juncture there clearly seems to be many discrepancies on a range of issues relating to this that need both addressing and ultimately receive satisfactory and full closure on What does Luton Borough Council say? Well, all they told me officially is that they have referred the matter to the police, uh, albeit only the other day. Uh, we will be speaking to Trevor Holden uh, in the next hour. Here's my concern about speaking to Trevor Holden in the next hour. My prediction. It's with the police now. I can't talk about it. There's a police investigation. I can't talk about it. Yes, I have thought about that, and I think that's probably what he will say. There are still a few questions we can ask, like, well, why did it take you two months to refer it to the... We'll ask all the questions. We'll ask all the but questions. But I suspect that, that we will hear that sentence quite a lot. But by coincidence, when this information became public, that is when they referred the matter to Gosh, the police. That is a coincidence, isn't it? OK, mm. well, what, what are the kind of things that so we want to find So the kind of out? things, why it took so long to refer the matter to police, how many tendered ballot papers there were, that's quite crucial, so how many, basically, papers were yep. put in that didn't count at all. Um, and so Mr Ruperio says, you know, there was a 4,000 difference between what Gavin Shuk have got and the, the Tory candidate got. Um... Uh, how many tender ballot papers there were and is there a postal vote form for he and his mother okay. at the council sitting there somewhere at the council and it's worth noting too that when we broke uh, allegations of membership packing uh, in the Labour Party over a year ago uh, down to it, that was our political reporter 
Paul Scoynes, there were allegations of electoral fraud and tales of postal votes being collected from family homes unmarked. Well, some of the stories we hear about some of these councils and some of these uh, MPs all across um, Beds, Hearts and Bucks and across the country, you do kind of... Uh, th- this stuff is perhaps not as open as and as transparent as we would like it to be. Yeah, and I, uh, I did try... I spoke to Gavin Shuker's office and I did try ringing Gavin Shuker. It would be useful and interesting, I think, to have a conversation with Gavin Shuker about this. We'll, we'll get him on at some point, definitely. It's, it's, it's odd that he couldn't make today's. He's normally quite um, open about coming on, on this station. I'm sure there's something going on. Uh, uh, Tony, mm. thank you very much indeed. 03459 455555. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. We got any um, um, texts? Yeah, I mean, Shirley writes to us every morning and usually it's to tell us off. Morning, Shirley! Today... Yep. She's giving you a little stroke. Oh, hello. What a good song, Ian. Thank you. Which one? Dunno. Convoy? Probably. Probably Convoy. Um, I don't see how an angry cockerel is anything to crow about, says Liam of Bletchley, hilariously. And Paul, um, stroke Tony, whichever name he's using today, yep. um, tells us a, a delightful story. Do you want to hear it? Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. I've just uh, been sitting at traffic lights on the way to work and I see two road sweepers sweeping the road. One of them lifted his hand and smelt... Probably a... Yeah, no. no. Have you seen this picture of the giant rat? Yes. Have is you it se- real, though? That is flippant. Is it real, though? In it. In it, though? That, that is... is wow. Yeah, that's... Well, how, you can't fake... A giant rat. You could, you could. You could stuff a dog and stick a rat's head on it. Well, OK, well, if you see the way it's... So a, I'd do it. <laughs> it's a giant rat. That has got to be, from uh, tail to nose... I mean, that's taller That's taller than my youngest, mm. by quite some considerable way. Um, King Rat. OK, yeah, I see. What that, that's nice. Is King Rat a thing? Yeah, it's yeah, from... Um, Dick Whittington. You're obsessed with Whittington. Pictures of monstrous <laughs> vermin goes viral, along with fears of a furry infestation. Imagine if you woke up and that was sat on your chest, just gnawing at you. Oh. Wouldn't that be you were woken up by it gnawing at you? Did I just hear Akeem sigh? Yeah, what he was saying is, that would be awful. Yeah. What on earth is going on out there? Akeem, what do you think about that? Would you, would you welcome such an encounter or would you fear it? No, I'd run a mile. Well, you wouldn't, because it's quite heavy. An actual mile. Why would you run a mile? Because I'm, I'm quite a keen long-distance runner, actually. You, you, so think, you think you the mile's a long distance? You think mile's oh, long distance? I could, run, I could run further than a mile. could oh, probably run really? two miles. Should we have a runoff? No. Yeah. All right. No. We've got a park outside. I'm we just saying, running away from the challenge. <gasps> you, you, no, I'm just saying. Oh, no, you said you're a long-distance runner. Then you said you'd run a mile. I'm saying that's not a very long distance. You need to rethink length and your concept of it. Okay, I'll, I'll take that on board. Why is your boyfriend much. here today, Kelly? Because I'm not being funny, he's got an attitude. Is it not bring your boyfriend to work day? No, mate! Why is he also over there? Just because he's locked himself out. Raul. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. And he lo- he, he, he's, um, uh, he's not brought any clothes with him. Now, this, nightma- <laughs> this nightmarish photo of an enormous dead rat has sparked horror. The picture is of a man in a high-vis jacket using pliers. Oh, it's flipping horrible. It's got hands the size of a baby's face Mm. (laughs) to hold the rodent up to the camera by its neck. Now, there there is confusion as to where this rat comes from. It either comes from um, uh, the docks in Grimsby or, so, or it comes from somebody's house in Essex. They're not, they're, 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 or it's they're, not real. No, that is totally real. Um, 
Uh, yeah, that that is real. I'm I am buying into that rat story. I'm buying into that. Flipping eight rats and mice. We Why, used to have pet rats when I was a student. Well, this is the thing because pet uh, pet mice are great. I love them, but a real mice, real uh, the real mouse. Wild mice. They are horrible. Mm. They, I mean, they are disgusting. You wouldn't want one of those. Incontinent. They're incontinent. Yeah, they are. So they are rats. They poo and wee everywhere. So are rats. Yeah. What, a wild mouse um, took me by surprise in the garage once. Fantastic story. I really... <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Dunstable on the High Street North there's been an accident so it's closed in both directions between Halton Road and Church Street. Although, oh no, sorry, it was closed in both directions. It's just been opened again uh, but it's still very busy there looking at the speed sensors. On the A44 in Park Street, in uh, the Park Street roundabout at the North Orbital Road is looking very busy and also on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout it's looking slow on the speed sensors. On the M25 it's busy anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross to 16 for the M40 and on the London Underground, the Metropolitan Line is suspended between Baker Street and Oldgate. That's because of a signal failure. It's also suspended on the Circle Line clockwise and there are delays on the Hammersmith and City Line. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 03459 455 555. Interesting text there uh, about the, uh, the gentleman and the vote. Story, Bedfordshire police say they've begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. And a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Every weekday morning. One partially closed and the other didn't operate at all. I have contacted other companies who do it professionally and they said it should have been anchored down. The JVS Show. It was looked over by the garage and they told me to not move the vehicle anywhere it's a complete death trap. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I'm getting nowhere. I've tried on numerous occasions to talk to the manager of this company. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. So they said, we're going to contact the customer, we're going to have a chat, and we're going to make a, a gesture to that customer. And we could do the same for you. Without your programme, I don't know what you'd do in the morning. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We can read the, we can, um, read the text. The story about the gentleman who uh, claims he was denied a vote. Uh, we have uh, a, a text from someone who uses multiple names... Um, just to put it into some sort of context, so you there's know. quite a strong allegation in there that I'm not sure we should be talking about. We, well, okay, um, of criminal activity. Oh, I'm not reading that one. Which, Which one, one are you reading? reading? Oh, I've, I didn't get that far. Oh, I didn't get that far. You can read the first half of it. All right. Okay. This is from um, someone who hasn't put their name on, but we uh, know what their name is. That well, they've used two names in the past. She writes, that, that idiot is not still banging on about his vote, is he? I was voting at that time and I've never heard such an offensive and rude man in my life. He was the one that cocked up his vote and then felt the need... Well, an altercation with the presiding officer. Cool. There were children waiting for their mums in tears. Uh, absolute nut job. If you saw the incident on... Um, when was the election? May the 7th? Yeah. 
May the seventh be with you. Uh, um, then, uh, you know, do get in touch and um, see if you can. I don't know. This was at Blenheim Crescent at the polling station. Okay, we'll about see. About seven o'clock. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Now, the parents of fifty deaf and disabled children have been told they'll have to make alternative arrangements come September as their residential school faces an uncertain future. The Penn School went into administration on Wednesday with the warning that unless a buyer is found, it will close at the end of term. Well, Varsha Patney is a parent of one of the students and joins me now. Morning, Varsha. Good morning, Ian. Um, who have you got at the school? Who goes there? Well, you have children who have got the most profound um, communication difficulties. They've got complex needs. They, they, these are children who can't be accommodated in any other school. Parents have fought hard with their education authorities. Sorry, Ian, if I become tearful, but they have spent so much money in trying to get their children to these schools. They, they, we are talking about children, for example, who, when they've been to another school, have been practically locked in a, in a room because they can't be let out. Only pen can accommodate them. Pen is safe for them. They have got the best teachers, the best speech and language therapists, because this is a school for children who've got communication difficulties. Where will these children go? We need, we need the education authorities to come in, to put other children in and to help this school, because other children have nowhere else to go. You say it's a good school, Varsha. It, it, it did get an Ofsted rating a, a couple of years ago, didn't it, of, um, of poor. You yes. dis would you disagree with that, or do you think it's improved since then? It may have only marginally improved, but let me explain to you that, you know, Ofsted are looking at only one thing. You know, they're looking at, say, the academics, but what they're not looking at is the emotions of these children, how safe they are. They are learning. They really are learning. You ask any parent that their child goes there, has your child improved? Definitely. Why would we keep our children there if they were not improving? It's your daughter, isn't it, that goes there, yes, Varsha? Yes, daughter goes there. Can, can yes. I ask what, 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 what um, the, the extra requirements she has? What, what, how does her disability speech, affect her? Speech dyspraxia. You go out there. When she, before she went to Penn, nobody could even understand her. Nobody. Today... She can easily go out into Waitrose. Just the other day, she went there, asked for milk, paid her money, and came out. And it is Penn I have to thank, and the speech and language therapy department mm. at Penn who I have to thank. Well, as a mum, that must make you very proud to be at CO, be able Absolutely. to develop like that. Absolutely. You go out there. I was in school yesterday. I was in school the day before. And all those children, where will they go? And it is Penn who has helped them come here. If the school closes, mm -hmm. what's going to happen to your daughter? I don't know. None of us know. Because our education authorities will say, well, you fought. We actually all went to practically tribunal to get our children there. So now, September, none of these children are going to have places in September because schools have, will close next week, colleges will close. Where will they go? Must be quite stressful for, for you and your family. Yes, for me and my family and all the other parents. Mm. Every parent, in fact, parents or children who boarded that school, 
Where will they go? Which other boarding school will, will accommodate them? Varsha, stay there. Let me bring um, Simone Banks into the conversation. Simone, you're one of the teachers at the school. What do you teach? Um, I teach a class of profoundly deaf children. Okay. Uh, all the subjects across the curriculum. And, and what age are the, the, the children that you look after? 11 to 14, but the school caters up to six, uh, up to sixth form. Okay. And how long have you been working there, Simone? Um, a year and a half, just a year and a half. What's it like to work there? Oh, it's fantastic. By far, it's the best place I've ever worked. The children are happy, very ethical. Um, they really care about their emotional well-being. Um, and, and, you know, a good teacher has a very special relationship with all of their pupils. I would imagine that, that this, is, this is quite a unique relationship you have with them. Yes, it is. And I think only now that it's closing, I realise how... Um, close we've all become and I think it's like a family particularly for the deaf student who need deaf peers um, and they do see them as their family they're all going to be dispersed now we've got parents who are frantic I've been on the phone for about two hours yesterday um, with parents who are absolutely devastated and it couldn't have come at a worse time two weeks before the end of term one week now and they don't have a school to send them to they're petrified they'll be sent to mainstream the children are crying for those who don't quite understand, Simone, why uh, would it be inappropriate for these, these young people to, to be in mainstream schools? What, what would they lose out on? Well, about a third of them are deaf, a third of them have autism, and about the other third have um, some other form of communication difficulty. Mm. The deaf children, the ones at Penn, are mostly profoundly deaf, non-verbal. They would drown. They wouldn't have suitable peer groups. They wouldn't have anybody to communicate with. They need to communicate and sign. The children with autism can't take huge classes, lots of other people. We have a lot of children that come to Penn with severe behaviour, can't cope, can't be in the classroom. Within a few months, they've calmed down and they're really happy. Uh, to you be lo- honest, you can't learn anything unless you're happy, unless you're emotionally okay and you're free from anxiety. You can't learn anything anyway. Uh, you really love it there, don't you? I can tell. I love it. It's the best job I've ever had, the best place. Mm. And if you saw it, the grounds, the classrooms, and just the, the staff who care about the children. When did you find out, Simone, and I'll ask you the same question in a second, Varsha, when did, when did you find out that the school was going to close or was in, was in you know, financial trouble? Tuesday afternoon. We oh. knew it was in some financial trouble. We yeah. knew that there were a few redundancies due in September, but because staff were leaving, we thought that may not happen anyway. So people were very loosely looking for uh, more jobs. Mm. But we never expected this. It came as a total shock. We've been put through... Uh, 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 rigorous meetings recently um, all this data all the reports we've had to do because it was in special measures we've had four visits from county in the last uh, year so we've been put under a huge amount of pressure, huge amount of paperwork has had to be generated um, and now it's come to this Simone, I, There will be some people listening, so I'm going to ask this question. I hope it doesn't sound too callous. If the school was rated poor by Ofsted, um, then the implication, it it might appear to some people that it's not a very good school. Well, it it was in special measures uh, before I started, and my understanding is that it went into special measures mainly because there wasn't enough data. Like, Ofsted are looking for this, this, this. Hmm. And sometimes I think there's 
there's bits that were missing. These bits were missing. It it did need to be lifted up. Um, but people were working so hard to get there. They paid uh, an advisor to come in to advise us. And everybody had worked so hard to get it up to the Ofsted criteria. But ultimately, whatever the Ofsted criteria is, these children really needed that extra bit of care, that extra bit of understanding, which doesn't always come under the Ofsted criteria. Should be noted as well that I think a couple of weeks ago, about 40% of the Ofsted inspectors got the boot because they weren't doing their job properly as well. So it it kind of brings the whole thing into question a bit. Um, Varsha, can I ask you, when did you find out about the school? Was that on Tuesday as well? Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Did you get a letter or a phone call? What happened? An email. Oh. Your heart must have sunk when you read that. Well, you couldn't believe your you couldn't believe your eyes what you were reading. You thought, what? Um, you know, it was a shock. Shock. Some parents didn't even know until yesterday. Mm. Some parents hadn't opened their emails. Oh. Listen, I wish uh, both of you, Simone and Varsha, the, the best of luck, uh, and uh, more importantly, the, all, all of the, the pupils that go to the school. Uh, I keep my fingers crossed for you all. Do let us know what, what, what happens, won't you both? Yes. Thank you. Thank you, yes, Thank you very Thank much. You. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Varsha uh, Patney, who's got uh, a daughter at the school, and Simone Banks, who's a teacher at the school. Thank you very much. Um, 03459 555. We should all be so lucky to have a teacher like that who cares so passionately. Any Texas? Let's have a look. Let's have a look at the old Texas. Oh, yeah, you, you know you played Convoy earlier on. Yes! Mark in Bedford said, that song made me get a CB when I was about 10. Yeah, everyone wanted a CB <laughs> when we were about 10. We all wanted a CB until they made CBs legal. Then we went, ah, not bothered now. But it's like, you know, mobile phones now, I suppose, isn't it? Well, this you're is, independent. This is why kids don't dig walkie-talkies anymore. You buy them walkie-talkies and they're like, well, but yeah, it's not as good as your phone. When we were kids, walkie-talkies were like, wow, this right. is awesome! I've told you about our walkie-talkies. They're on the same channel as the local taxi drivers. Oh, yeah. So I let the kids have the walkie-talkies. Well, they've got one at the end of the garden, so I don't have to shout. Um, But occasionally, the local taxi drivers will hear me going, Will you put her down? (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's good advice for everybody, isn't it, really? 03459 455555. Let's get the traps. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Dunstable, on the High Street North, there was an accident earlier between Halton Road and Church Street, so it was closed earlier on. It has been reopened, but it's still looking really busy. On the A10 southbound in Chesson, it's very slow from the New River Trading Estate towards the M25, and also on the North Orbiter Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. That's looking very busy too. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are delays between Junctions 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. On the train departure boards, there are no delays showing up at the moment, but if you're using the London Underground, today. The Metropolitan Line is suspended between Baker Street and Oldgate. It's also suspended on the Hammersmith and City Line and the Circle Line clockwise. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire Police say they have begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. Police say a murder investigation into the death of a toddler from Bedfordshire will remain open after an inquest ruled that 19-month-old Samuel Harry was unlawfully killed and a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration 
frustration. Unless a buyer can be found, Penn School will close at the end of this term. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's men's semi-finals day at Wimbledon with Andy Murray taking on Roger Federer. That match is second on centre court after Novak Djokovic against Richard Gasquet. Murray and Federer have been recalling two Wimbledon finals back in 2012. After what had happened in the Wimbledon final, you know, a few weeks before and then to play against the same opponent in the final of the Olympics a few weeks later and, and win, it was, yeah, it was a big turning point in my career. Yeah, I think we both like to look back at that summer. Uh, me, not so much at the Olympics, him for me, not so much at Wimbledon, but at the end of the day, if we could have had it beforehand, we knew I was going to win Wimbledon, him Olympics, we both probably would have taken it. It was a great summer for both of us. There's already one Murray in a final with Andy's brother Jamie into Saturday's men's doubles final with Australian John Pearce. England have the advantage going into day three of the first Ashes test in Cardiff. Australia will resume this morning on 264 for five, still trailing England by 166 runs. Luton have made their 10th signing of the summer. Defender Mark O'Brien has joined the Hatters. More from Jeff Doyle. O'Brien was released by Championship Club Derby last month, having been on loan at Scottish Premiership side Motherwell last season. He's 22 and seen as a centre-half, although he can play at full-back and in midfield. O'Brien has signed a two-year deal at Kenilworth Road, having played in the Portugal friendly on Tuesday. He increases competition in defence, which has already been improved by the arrivals of Scott Cuthbert, Magnus Okungai, Stephen O'Donnell and Dan Potts. The Hatters could look a very different side next season. Watford's Olympic super heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua will fight Dillian White for the British heavyweight title in November or December. Joshua has won all 13 of his fights as a professional inside three rounds, but lost to White as an amateur. And race leader Tony Martin is out of the Tour de France after breaking his collarbone in a crash at the end of stage six. So Britain's Chris Froome will take over the yellow jersey. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So... We're all having... Uh, we're all dipping into um, Cath's Barrel. Large, isn't it? Very large and very, very sweet. A bit crispy. Now... Mm. I... My alarm clock has broken. The so. last two mornings... It's not gone off. Luckily, due to my military training, I wake up when I need to. No, it's the fact that I text you in the morning. Sorry? Mm. 4.27, I woke up yesterday, 4.17 this morning. Woke up, oh, the alarm's not gone off, boom, I'll get up in ten minutes. Because at your age, you'll need a wee by then, won't you? <laughs> I have several <laughs> wees in the night. Um, uh, but Kelly's just told me some bullshine. What is it you just told me? You can use the um, alarm on your phone. No. Yeah, that's what I use. Because you yes. need to have the sound turned on, which nope. means if I get a text, yep. I'm... No. No. Nope. My phone... I'll, I'll get this all night. My phone is on no. silent. Yeah, and I'll get this. You got a text. You got a new. No, you, you got a text. You got a new. No. We all know no one's texting you and emailing you at night anyway. All right, mate. But I sign up to a lot of um, subscription <laughs> things. So I've now... You can have your phone on silent and yeah. your alarm will still go off. Because well, I do it and you do it. Yeah. We'll find out, mate. And Akeem does it. Uh, Akeem this, Akeem that. Yeah. He's standing in for you next week. Oh, flipping it, that moved quickly. <laughs> Isn't it? Mm, he pulled a few strings. Right. He's worried now because like he thinks one. he is. <laughs> am, am I? He's all excited. He's texting his mum. You don't believe it. I've only been here a week. Working. I'm doing this. No, you're not. It's a joke. Um, Adrian's doing it. Is he? Adrian yeah. Dealey, yeah. Mm, OK. Uh, well, we'll find out, mate, because I've set my alarm. OK. To go off. What time? At some point this morning. Oh. 
if we hear it, hopefully yep. it won't be when I'm talking to someone from Luton Borough Council, uh, if we hear it, and the sound is on silent, if we hear it, I'll apologise to you live on air. I look forward to it. If we don't hear it, then you owe me big damn. You might as well set your ringtone, your alarm tone, as sorry seems to be the hardest word, because you will be apologising. You're just saying, have you said it for the next few minutes? Yeah. Oh, good. Good. All right. I don't need disrupting the rest of my show. What should we do in the meantime? Lisa says on Twitter, Ian has been known to give a free pass on a Friday. Could you have a word, Kate and uh, Catherine, and send me one my way, please? I'm feeling it today. No? You don't get free passes off work and school if you... Oh. Mm. <laughs> That's Hello. interesting, isn't it? Is that the sound of a man being wrong? <laughs> Gosh, that is a ringtone, isn't it? Is that yours? You wake up in a very fey way. I wonder how he'll apologise. Quietly. Just wanna say I'm sorry, Kelly. You got the first thing right in your life. Normally everything is wrong that comes out of your party mouth. But this time you got it right It turns out you can have your phone on silent all night And the alarm still goes off Kelly, I'm sorry You're welcome What's he doing back here? Oh. Important news business, turn the fader off Fader's turned off, news business happening 03459 455 555 is the telephone number If you want to give us a call It's one of those shows today I am off next week Akeem, calm down, it's, you're not, you've not got the gig I'm sorry dude, you've only been here a week, I'm sorry Adrian Daly's going to be filling in for me next week, next week. Uh, uh, The whole of uh, the uh, Facebook pages breathes a sigh of relief um, And my mum um, doesn't so we've done the rat story. I do like... Well, this is what we sent Dealey out upon. Right. Uh, uh, old people are angry drivers. Now, I've known this. The, the, the numbers of road rage uh, uh, incidents I've been involved in, primarily... And it's quite a few. Primarily, it's old men. I once had an old man in his 70s... Put, get this, Justin. Yeah. Pulled up in his car in front of me, blocked the road... Oh. Are you barking again? No, it's not me. I, I said to you before about Dunstable, I'm now surrounded by hard hounds. Guys, just chill out, yeah? Gosh. He pulled, He blocked the road, right? Mm, yeah. He got out in front of me. Mm. Where are you? Can Gosh, we you see? don't want to know. Okay. You don't want to know. Um, and he yeah. came up to my window. <laughs> he got me to wind the window down. Mm. And he said, "If and I'm changing some of the language. Mm. And he was shouting, if you flip and do that again... You crumb, I'll flipping kill you. Wow. And I was laughing at him, and that seemed to make him angrier. Old guys are bad drivers. Mate, will you shut that blooming guys, dog up? Guys, calm them down. Look, look, I'm, I'm not going to hurt you, okay? Look, just, just back off, guys. Back off. Thanks. There you go. Proof that my tweets are fact, not fiction. Mm. I was I, I said last weekend uh, that certain hounds at the moment are surrounding me and uh, making me feel very uncomfortable. Just chill out, guys. Thanks. Yeah, chill out, dogs. Come on. Male pensioners are the worst road rage offenders. Those aged 69 are most likely to start a row or drive aggressively. Mm. 
Men of 79 come second. <laughs> yes. Hey, come on. Um, uh, and I think it's true. I think it's true, Just. Yeah, you were saying that earlier on. Um, I've taken this one to the streets for you. Uh, what, what I try to do is go out there and get some honesty. So yeah, yeah. I've been talking to people in their 60s who drive. I've been trying to find out if they, they really are that aggressive. But also other people who are not in their 60s, a bit like, you know, your comments this morning. Do they agree that they are the worst when it comes to road rage? Here's what happened on the streets Roger, this you're morning. you're telling me that you're a safe driver, but other people that you know in their 60s, yeah. okay? Have you seen them out there causing trouble? Oh, yeah, they go off the edge sometimes, like speeding down the roads and everything, don't they? They don't give a do they really? What, people in their 60s? Yeah, some of them do. They don't care, do they? Nowadays, they don't care about nothing, do they? All they're interested in is just looking after themselves, don't they? So, so you agree with this report that people in their 60s are the worst when it comes to road rage? Well, I don't say the worst, but they do go off the edge a lot, don't they? You but, know. But why? If, if you don't, why are they doing it? I don't know. I think there's problems at home or something like that all the time, like, you know. What would you say that they've got to a certain age? Got, got to relax, mate. Once you get older, you just got to relax for it, you, you know. Yeah, take it easy, mate. Just chill relax. out. Chill out, mate. Carol, I want you to be honest with me, OK? Are you a troublemaker on the roads? Do you lose your temper more now than you did when you first started driving? You're having to think, so I think that's a yes. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you angry on the roads? Uh, just inconsiderate people that are there, um, pulling out in front of you, not signalling. Do you often wind the window down? And, no, and... no, no, just a... <laughs> How's that growl go again? <laughs> go on. Go on. <laughs> God, that is a nasty growl. So you agree with this report? Tell us more about your dad and his driving. Uh, well, he's probably one of the wor uh, best drivers out there in that, but he thinks everyone else is a... <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, that's pretty much about it. Wasim, people in their 60s, yes or no answer for me. Are they the worst when it comes to road rage? No. Thanks, Wazim. I mostly have just seen young people throwing fingers and swearing and God knows what. That, this is my experience. This, yeah. is, this is what I've seen with my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, everyone has their own opinions, but what I've yeah. seen with my eyes is what I'm going to say. Yeah, no, that's absolutely fair enough. I deal in fact, not fiction. Thanks, Wazim. Who are you anyways? J-Dub. J-Dub. Yeah. What, what are you, a journalist? Uh, um, just a street dog. All right. Yeah, what are you? That's the question I've been meaning to ask you. I tell you what I hate is some people, um, they just, they, some people just pull off. You sat there and someone will just pull off and they're not going to, they don't give any warning that they're about to pull off. If yep. I'm going to pull off uh, in front of someone, I will always uh, um, use the in indicators that and tell people that I'm going to do it. You need warning for that sort of thing. You You've really do. You've got to have warning. Interesting, uh, Justin, that was a very potty mouth report. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, and it, it kind of links in nicely to this story. Have you seen this story in the, the paper today? Man hauled to court for tackling boy who swore at him. Now, it says it's a man. The, guy, the guy's 23. He looks about nine. <laughs> when Ryan Burtwell saw a boy he knew trying to kick an old man's walking stick, he warned him to stop or he'd tell his mother. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, so far, I'm on Ryan Burtwell's side. Hmm. But all he got in response was a volley of foul-mouthed abuse. I'm guessing F, B, yeah, A. I'm yep. guessing all the bad, bad words. Maybe an S in there. But could, could be a W. So he decided to dish out some old-fashioned discipline and used a bar of soap to wash out the six-year-old's mouth. Yes. Sorry? Hmm. I saw this, and what I would say about this article is, uh, if, you, if you see the boy holding a bar of soap, he's actually holding a bar of Dove soap, which I would describe as a luxury soap. I think that makes this story different. 
Yes, you can hear cath- uh, cackling through the soundproof glass. It's true, though. It's true. If you look at the soap, that's the soap that I use. It's one of the most expensive on the market. To be fair, that that's a really good, clean back, soap. Back in my day, uh, the luxury soap... What was the luxury soap back in Imperial our day? Imperial leather. Imperial used leather. Used in space. Used in space, <laughs> used on trains, uh, used in a mansion by a family who all took baths at the same time. Yeah. It's Dove now, is it? Okay. Yeah. It's got a quarter moisturising cream, famously. Exactly. I don't use soap. I haven't used soap for ages. Yeah, I'm not going to say nothing. You're still yeah. using that special cream I gave you. And although the tearaway, oh, Alfie Forsyth was not injured, his mother reported Burtwell to the police uh, and um, he's given a 12-month conditional discharge. Yeah. Um, here we go. This is what he said. <laughs> if someone had... Uh, uh, Alfie, stop beating that man up, or I'll tell you, ma'am. Literally every sentence. Do the Sunderland t- voice. I, I can I do. Oh, Spuggy, I can I do it. Literally every sentence contained an F word. Oh dear. I told him I would wash his mouth out with soap. His response was, "You wouldn't flip in dare." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Here we go! Here we go! He's old school, this guy. I went over to the shop and I bought a pack of three bars of imperial leather soap. Now, at no point did this gentleman suddenly get that moment of clarity going, actually, this is really stupid. I'm I'm buying soap to shove in a six-year-old's mouth. Uh, I got hold of Alfie. I wasn't rough with him, but I rubbed a bar of soap against his teeth without even taking the wrapper off. Oh. I didn't want to hurt him, but I wanted him to remember not to speak like that. Oh. Um, you didn't take the wrapper off, so there was no soap distributed? No soap distribution took place. Oh. Justin. I'm just going to nail the story down here, because uh, th- this boy <laughs> is definitely holding a bar of Dove soap. That changes everything for me. Well, and he's also, doing it to be posh for the papers. Yeah. So why has he not got a box of soap? Because you're telling me this soap wasn't opened. It was a, a box of soap put against the kid's teeth. So it was never opened at any point. That yeah. changes things slightly. OK. What I'd like you to do... Uh, well, there's a few things. I, I'll let you decide. Do you, I mean, if you want to be the, do the specifics of the story, cle- mm-hmm. uh, people cleaning kids' uh, mouths out with soap, or if you want, and it seems to be a problem here more th- so than Luton, yeah. What do we do to tackle the rise of foul language? Let's go with that one, yeah, because I have to say a lot of people... Or is it, or is even bad language a problem? I don't mind. You know, well, I think the, 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 the well-timed what? S-bomb is hilarious. Like the soap, it's inappropriate application of certain words. A well-timed S-bomb is hilarious, yeah. like this. <laughs> but just don't do, it in front of, don't do it in front of other people you don't know. You have a to, well-timed you have to... F-bomb is absolutely wonderful, like this. Oh, oh is that alarm? Did you put snooze wow. on, you lazy devil? I, d- I did put snooze on, yes, I did. <laughs> Daily, can you take it to the streets? It's of course I minutes. can. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Speak to you later. Cheers, bye. Ta-ta. Oh, <laughs> I, did, I, did. I forgot to remind you. you. forgot to remind me to do this. Right, there we go. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise at Junction 16 for the M40, and on the M1 northbound there are queues just after Junction 11 for Dunstable. It's looking very busy. On the A5 High Street North and Dunstable, that has now been cleared for between Horton Road and the Church Street because of the accident earlier. It has now been cleared out of the way. The A414 Park Street is very busy between the North Orbital Road at the Park Street roundabouts, and on the trains, Thameslink are reporting delays through Blackfriars because of a problem with the train. There's also problems on the uh, underground. The Hammers 
Silver Smithson City Line, Circle Line and Metropolitan Line have severed late. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Blimey, look, it's 7.46 already. Who'd have thunk it? 7.46, it's Friday the 10th of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they've begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. British holidaymakers are being evacuated from Tunisia after the Foreign Office urged them to leave immediately amid fears of another terrorist attack. And a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, good morning. It's going to be a gorgeous day today right across the three counties. Temperature-wise, we could be looking at 26 or 27 degrees Celsius. Some spots may even get a little bit higher than that even. Feeling really very warm and not quite as hot as last week, but, you know, lots of sunshine around. The UV levels are high. The pollen levels are also very high today, but it's going to be an absolute stunner of a day with blue skies for most of the day. The sunshine just turning a bit hazier as we head into the afternoon. And then gradually into the evening, we'll start to see the clouds thicken. The sun will set at about a quarter past nine tonight. Uh, we'll see a very weak cold front come through overnight tonight, but gardeners don't get too excited because there might just be a few spits and spots of rain, but it's not really going to be any more than that. Lows of around 15 or 16 degrees. Tomorrow, another very nice day, but a couple of degrees cooler. The sunshine will be best through the morning, more like sunny spells into the afternoon, and the breeze will slowly pick up. Sunday's not going to be quite as good, so Saturday's the day for being out and about in the weather at the weekend. Uh, on Sunday, there'll be a few outbreaks of just light and patchy rain. It'll be quite windy as well. Uh, probably clearing to sunny spells though, as we head into the afternoon and then turning quite unsettled into the start of next week. That's the forecast, Ian. Tar! The Dragons are back on BBC Two. You better come in with a brilliant product. Get it right and we might help your business reach the next level. And there are some new faces in the den. Don't, Don't waste really. our time by not knowing your figures. Whatever you do, keep your cool. Be confident. It's the pitch of your life. Stetson. Can the dragons be tamed? Don't trample the wool over our eyes. Dragon's Den returns Sunday night at 8.15 yeah, it on BBC Two and BBC it, Two HD. It, it doesn't, because there's there's no real dragons in it. They've got they've got the tall one, Peter Jones, who isn't the Peter Jones from the shops. Um, and they've got one that looks like Theopophetus, but he isn't Theopophetus. Dragon's Den is not Dragon's Den. Is Meaden in it? Is Deborah Meaden in it? Do we know? Tell you what, t- Kelly, get your boyfriend to do something useful. Ask him to find out if Deborah Meaden is still in the Dragon's Den. Find that out. Akeem? Um... They've got a guy... Dragon's Den is not Dragon's Den without Duncan Bannertine, all right? And yes, admittedly, in the last two series, because he was divorcing his wife, he didn't have much money to spend, so I don't think he invested in anything. But still... Dragon's Den, for me, it's the classic lineup: Jones, Perfetus... Oh, Catherine's being loud, isn't she? Jones, Perfetus and Bannatine. That, for me, is Dragon's Den classic. Am I right? I'm not wrong. 03459 Sorry, Kelly? Hang on a second. Let me try that again. She's still in it, apparently. OK. Did you find that out, or did Akeem find that out? Akeem. Okay. I saw her on the advert. He's very Akeem. 
Okay, we're making jokes about people's names now. Is that acceptable? Because I've got plenty. I've, Kelly I've, can. It's her boyfriend. Can I make jokes about your boyfriend's name? Because I've got plenty up my sleeve. Yeah, go for it. He says, he's bring bringing it. it on. Oh, he's, he's doing the gesture. He's doing the gesture Sorry, with the hands. He's doing the face. <laughs> and he's doing the groin. He's doing the groin, and I thought that. Um, no, we listen. We're better than we're better than doing jokes about people's names. But trust me, um, I've got loads about Akeem. I've got loads. Look forward to hearing one of those. Okay, legs of Kimbo. Now, that's <laughs> <laughs> how we met. Oh, hang on. We've hang on. What? We had a caller there and Fader too. She disappeared. There oh, she is. She's disappeared. There she is. Okay. She has she reappeared. Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Julie's on the line. Morning, Julie. Morning. So what what have you got for us? Um. I'm phoning up with regards to the closure of Penn School. Ah, this is the um, school for, for um, children who've got severe disabilities, yeah. It is, yeah. What would you like to say? Um, uh, I'm absolutely heartbroken. I am a parent of uh, a child at the school. Yeah. Um, my son has been so happy since he's been there. Uh, he had a very, very bad start to school life. Uh, at the age of four, he was... Uh, discriminated against at a school he went to. Uh, he was subjected to such horrendous um, treatment. He was made to wear a spot on his back to be pointed out. Sorry? Um, what, he was why? Made to wear, uh, be- because they wanted to see where he was. Um, a spot on his so, back? Yeah. Cause, um, and, cause this, he, he... This, this was in, within a mainstream school um, and where I have we heard? That, where have we heard about marking people out because they're a little bit different, so we can keep an eye on them? Oh yeah, Nazi Germany. That's incredible. Yeah, um, I took them to a tribunal, um, and the case was won by me. Good for you. Well done. Um, but subsequently to that, um, he was out of school for a year uh, because there was no suitable placements other than trying to put my four-year-old son in a residential setting. Mm. Um, and I told them that's not happening. Uh, so I taught him at home uh, for a year. Uh, he then subsequently went on to a really good school, at, which, which was fantastic for him, had a department. He um, took such a long time because of what happened to him, first off, to build up his confidence. But the school did such a good good job in doing that. Um, but then when it went on to looking at secondary schools, again, I had this feeling inside of me, um, where's he going to go? Mm. What, what school would be good for him? We looked at Penn School. We looked at mainstream schools with departments. Um, just were absolutely no good. The, the numbers of children were just so massive. Um, he just would have crumbled. He wouldn't have coped with that amount of children. We were told to go and look at Penn School. We looked and loved it instantly. It was just such a special place to be. Um, On his first day of school, I was so nervous, thinking, is he going to like it there? And on his first day coming out of the school, um, I could just tell in his face, how much he loved it um, and he has just thrived and thrived since he's been there i was told when he was four that he would never read write or have any friends 
Um, and he has achieved all of that. Yes. Well um, done, him. We just need to save this school because the children are devastated. The parents are devastated. We don't, we, we don't know what to do. Um, we just need financial help to keep this school open for our vulnerable, special children. How old is your boy now, Julie? Uh, he's 16. He's 16 years old. Yeah. Um, I'm still recoiling from that mark on the, that mark on the back statement. That's incredible. Yeah, but this is this is what our children yeah. have to go through. All of the parents in our school have got stories. They're not all like that, mm. but we have all got similar stories where our children haven't coped in mainstream schools. And the government and people want our children to go in mainstream schools and they cannot cope. Mm. You know, and we are just so devastated. And we just, we need that help. We've been given two weeks to try and campaign for our school. We've been given no time whatsoever. We've got no idea of where any of our kids are going. You know, it's almost like we've just got no help whatsoever. And we, we've basically all got the prospect of um, all our children going into mainstream, mainstream colleges. Julie, I, I wish I could say something. Um, I can't even begin to imagine uh, what you're all going through, uh, all of the families and all of the, the, the young people that go there. Who's that in the background? Is that... Oh, it's my daughter. Oh, how old's your daughter? Uh, three. Oh, <laughs> I've got a three-year-old. Good luck. Good luck with that. Um, Julie, I really I appreciate... Yeah. I really I appreciate your call. how important it yeah. is financially. We, we just need that help. Anybody who can help us, we, we as parents would just so appreciate it. Okay. And, and our children would just appreciate it that much more. Um, thanks very much for t talking to us and, uh, and let's hope that uh, somebody's listening who might be able to help. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Keep in touch and let us know what happens and I, I wish you and Thank your family you. the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks a lot, bye-bye. Oh, dearie me. He was branded with a spot? That's incredible, isn't it? I mean, it? 12, 12 years ago, but, but, I mean, 12 years ago was still the 21st century, yeah. you know. So they could keep an eye on him. That's what the Nazis did, guys. Flipping it. That's, that's, that's poor teaching. Blimey. Well, thank you very much indeed for that. What, what a call. Gosh. Didn't make you think, eh? 03459. Four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you uh, want to give us a call. Have we got any uh, texts? Let's have a look. Uh, Tony says, do you know what gets me up in the morning? I use a Wemo. It's a light bulb controlled app on a mobile. It turns the lights on in the house at any given time. Well, how does that work? It turns the lights on in the house at any given time. As I said, how does that work? Well, it's a light bulb controlled app on a mobile. It turns the lights on in the house at any given time. But the thing is, well, how does that work? Well, it's a light bulb controlled app mm -hmm. on a mobile. Yeah. It turns the lights on in the house in any, any given, given time. time. Okay, that's interesting. But there's one thing, I've got one question about this. Mm. Wemo, you say? A Wemo. How does it work? Well, it's a, a light bulb controlled app on a mobile and it turns the lights on in the house at any, any given, given time. time. Okay. Uh, maybe you're not hearing me. Um, Let me listen. Okay. 
How does it work? Well, it's a light bulb controlled app on a mobile and it turns the lights on in the house at any given time. Well, I'm glad that's cleared that up. Even when you're out. Why would you want the lights on when you're out? So the burglars think you're in. <clears throat> what, so they can... Yeah, so the murderers think you're in. Well, the murder. You don't think about the murderers. It's the burglars. You no one watch. thinks about the murderers! The poor murderers! Think about the murderers! What's this, what's this thing called? It's called a Wemo. Right, how does it work? Well, it's a light bulb controlled app mm-hmm. on a mobile and it turns the lights on in the in house, house at, at any, any given, given time. Oh, I'm glad that's clear. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M1 northbound past Junction 11 for Dunstable in the roadworks. On the M25 it's busy anti-clockwise at Junction 16 for the M40 and it's busy also on the A1 southbound from the Holiday Inn towards Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner. Having a look at the speed sensors is also busy coming into St Albans on London Road and Victoria Street. And on the A405 North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout that's looking quite slow as well. On the trains Thameslink are reporting delays through Blackfriars because of a problem with the train and on the London Underground, the Circle Line has severe delays clockwise because of a signal failure. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Last hour of my last show ever this week. <laughs> the BBC Three Counties listeners page are going, whoop, 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 Wendy Rose wetting his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Last hour of the show. If you want to give us a call, 03459 555. It's official. Old drivers are the angriest. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, police investigate suspected electoral fraud in Luton, tourists being flown home from Tunisia and Buckinghamshire School for Deaf and Disabled Children forced into administration. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police say they have begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. It follows claims by an accountant that he and his mother were allegedly denied a vote in the general election in May. More from Tony Fisher. Amit Ruparelia says he was turned away at the polling station in the Biscuit Ward because he'd already applied for a postal vote, which he denies. Instead, he was asked to complete a tendered ballot paper, which doesn't go towards the final count. For the past two months, he's been asking Luton Borough Council how many tendered ballot papers were returned and whether the council has their postal votes. The council confirmed the matter has been referred to the police. Tour operators are making preparations to fly thousands of British tourists home from Tunisia after the government said a further terrorist attack in the country was highly likely. Luton-based Thompson and First Choice, who don't have any holidaymakers in the country, say they're working to bring their staff home within the next 24 hours. But the Tunisian ambassador to the UK said the government's announcement was playing into the hands of the terrorists. The care provided by Health Trust in Buckinghamshire still requires improvement, according to the Chief Inspector of Hospitals. Buckinghamshire Healthcare NHS Trust was put into special measures last year following serious concerns. Today's report shows some improvement, but still areas that are failing after visits to Stoke Mandeville and Wickham Hospitals and Community Health Services. 
Police say a murder investigation into the death of a toddler from Bedfordshire will remain open. An inquest has ruled that 19-month-old Samuel Harry was unlawfully killed. Lee Agnew reports. Samuel Harry died in 2013 from brain injuries, which medical experts likened to being in a high-speed crash. At the time, he was being looked after by his mother, Deanna Buffham, and stepfather, Ryan Bate, who've both blamed each other for his death. Coroner Martin Oldham said both of them know the truth and they simply failed to come forward with that account. Despite an investigation, detectives were unable to obtain enough evidence to bring charges, but say the case will be subject to a regular review. A decision on a controversial planning application for the Wolverton Agora Centre has been deferred until later in the year. Milton Keynes Council decided last night that the removal of some affordable housing by the developer meant it needed to rethink its recommendation to approve the scheme. A boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration unless a buyer can be found, Penn School will close at the end of this term. Buckinghamshire County Council say they're liaising with parents and other schools to ensure around 50 students can find a suitable place. Simone Banks is a teacher at the school. We've got parents who are frantic and it couldn't have come at a worse time two weeks before the end of term. One week now and they don't have a school to send them to. They're petrified they'll be sent to mainstream. The children are crying. In sport, it's men's semi-final stay at Wimbledon with Andy Murray taking on Roger Federer. That match is second on centre court after Novak Djokovic against Richard Gasquet. The weather, another dry and sunny day, a maximum temperature 26 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. God, that is a nasty growl. Morning. Uh, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Loads of texts coming in about that school, and we've sent Dealey out to talk about bad language. And old people, why do you get so angry in your cars? Chill. Speaking of chilling in cars. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. query. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Catherine Boyle. Yes. Why does my air conditioning in my car stink? It's rancid. Absolutely rancid. Oh, I don't know. But it's so cold. <laughs> I love it and I hate it. Mm. Similar Are you sure it's the air conditioning? Similar relationship I have with my mother. I love her, but I hate her. Same about the air conditioning. Well, no, I d- yeah, no, I'm, I'm aware of the different difference sense that, that can be created within a car. This is specifically the air conditioning. It is absolutely horrible. Describe the smell. Toxic, acidic, metallic, um, uplifting, um, hallucinogenically inspired. Mm. Um, but overall, it's blooming horrible. Gosh. It is horrible. I think, and I, you know, it's been a long time since I did an engineering qualification. Yes, mate. I think it's broken. Okay, well, thank you very much uh, uh, for that. I, uh... Can you switch it off and then switch it on again? <laughs> I don't think that works with air conditioning. 03459. Four double five, five double five. Now, Bedfordshire police say they have begun investigating suspected electoral fraud in Luton. It follows claims by an accountant that he and his mum were allegedly denied a vote in the general election. Amit Ruparelia says he was turned away at the polling station in the Biscot Ward because he'd already applied for a postal vote, which he denies. Well, Trevor Holden is the chief executive of Luton Borough Council, also the chief returning officer for elections. He joins me now. Morning, Trevor. Ian, good morning, how are you? Good, thanks. What's going on? 
Um, well, absolutely what you've reported in terms of um, the gentleman being offered a tendered ballot paper is correct. So a tendered ballot paper basically is worthless, isn't it? No, there's a reason for a tender ballot paper. They're bright pink, so they stand out. Like Does it count as a vote? No, they don't count as so a vote. So it's, it's worthless, isn't not, it? No, they're not worthless. The reason they're there is to say, actually, there's a problem that needs to be followed up here after the election. Do they well, count well uh, but as a vote, as a, as a vote, Trevor, it's worthless. Hmm. OK, I so he... It is worthless, yeah. OK, yeah. so he was given a, a, a worthless vote. What, what happened to his vote? Um, he, our records show that he applied for a postal vote. And um, picking up on some of your earlier comments, we invited him to get in to come and have a look at the forms, but he hasn't done so. So ultimately, what we've done on the back of his statement in the press is now referred matters to the police. We normally invite people in, so that gives them the chance just to have a look at it and go, oh, shucks, I did do that, didn't I? When, when did or you invite not? him in? Um, beginning of June. OK, so that, so that was a month after the election. Yeah. Why did it take so long? Because we needed to... Pro- he, he wrote to us to complain, and that was the response letter to his complaint, to say, come on in and have a look. Because normally, the, we wait for someone either to take a tendered ballot paper, then that simulates an investigation after the election, because that's why they're pink and stand out, or we get a, get a letter of complaint. Once we've got his complaint, we said, come on in and have a look, just to make sure this is not yours. So you've got um, this gentleman and his mother's postal votes? can't talk about his mother's because I've got no, um, you know, I've got a complaint from him. I've got nothing from um, the gentleman's mother. But have I got uh, an application for a postal vote? Absolutely. Has that now been referred to Bedfordshire Constabulary? Absolutely. Why did it take so long to refer it to the police? I think I just covered that in. No, you didn't. You, talk, you, talked about the, you talked about the length of time between um, uh, you uh, inviting him in. You've not talked about why it is. Cause it, yeah. it only went to the police so this just, week, didn't it? As soon as he made a uh, public statement, he's never actually written to us and said, I did not apply for a postal vote. So he never told you, he never told you that he hadn't applied for a postal vote? At the the polling station, I mean, other than making really extreme threats while he was in there, and I I noted the comment earlier from someone, it was, I believe, a difficult situation in the polling station. I'd be very disappointed if I turned up and I was denied a vote. Yeah, I don't think offering extreme violence to the staff would be acceptable or something you would no, do, though. No, I, I certainly wouldn't do that, but I would be very angry if I was denied a vote. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. But the rules around these things are really, really precise, really precise, and the staff in the polling station did exactly the right thing, consistent with the law and the rules around governing elections, because what we've got to do is prevent someone having two votes and prevent someone from actually committing electoral fraud. But it took two months for it to go to the police. Why, why did you take so long with that? Yeah, I think, uh, Ian, I really think I've covered that. Well, uh, excuse explain- me, because I'm, I'm being dumb then, no, so no, just explain no, it again, because I'm obviously being silly. You know, no, I'll, I'll, I will. Thank you. We got the letter of complaint from Mr Rupelio. We wrote to him and said, please come in and have a look, because we've got your form, or a form that purports to be your form. To date, he's never done that, despite being asked to do that. As soon as he made a public statement to say, I have not done this, We've referred it to the police. Okay. Um, how many uh, tendered ballot papers were there? Right, okay. In terms of electoral law, I'm not allowed to disclose that figure, but let me give you a feel for it, okay? 85,000 votes cast in the general election across the two constituencies. And if I say to you there were less than 100, or if I say there were less than 75, less than 50, 
if I say there were less than 25 tendered ballot papers, I'm still inside the law and I'm giving you a feel for actually how many tendered ballot papers were issued. Is it not meant to be public information? No. If you want to get inside an election, you have to submit an electoral petition because the secrecy of the ballot and who did what is sacrosanct to our kind of election system. That's why when your guys come in and do the media on the, um, on the actual count, they're not allowed to film the ballot papers and that kind of stuff. Um, and you say that this gentleman was, and obviously he's not here to defend himself, was, was making um, threats of violence... Extreme threats to the staff, yeah. Is, that why, is that why the police were called, Trevor? That would be a reasonable supposition, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah because... am, I, am I concerned? I mean, I guess the key thing in here is about electoral fraud, and I'm really pleased to be able to come on the radio and talk about this. Postal votes are becoming more and more popular. The system is really, really tight. And the reason why, when there's a question, we issue a tendered ballot paper is so that the question can be resolved after but to avoid the opportunity for someone to have more than vote. Um, there have been uh, rumours of electoral fraud in that ward before. Are you concerned about that? We, we, we mentioned no. allegations of membership packing in the Labour Party over a year ago. Yeah, what goes on in party politics is not my concern. That's for the party and what they do. And I think, you know, that's an issue for you to raise with the Labour Party. That isn't actually the election. That's about how they get their members to stand. Okay, but there are allegations of postal votes being collected from family homes unmarked. Does yeah, that not rules, concern you? Yeah, and those were investigated. Those were referred straight to the police. There weren't allegations. There were, uh, if you count two, yeah, there were two allegations. Um, there weren't numerous and various. And actually, the Electoral Commission did a big push, and we did this year, about um, you know keep your postal vote secure. Don't give it to someone else. Put it in the post box. And it was a really, really successful campaign in lots of ways. Postal vote return rates were up, and actually most of those came through the post. Um, so actually it was a really good campaign, and again, they ought to discuss this and say to people, if you have a postal vote, stick it in the box or return it to the polling station is a really good opportunity. Thanks. Trevor, I really appreciate you coming on this morning and uh, uh, talking to us about this and, and uh, possibly clearing up a few things. Thank you for your time. Thanks, Ian. Cheers. Thanks, Trevor. Bye. There we go. That's uh, Trevor Holden, uh, Chief Executive of Luton Borough Council. 03459 four double five five double five is the telephone number. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Mike Garrett is uh, the leader of the Tory group on Luton Borough Council. Well, it all sounds... Um, what fader is Mike on three? Uh, what do you think of that, uh, Mike? Well, I, I've been very concerned about postal votes for a number of years. I've never, ever heard of tendered votes, I must admit. And all the elections that I've been involved with for the last 40 years, I have never, ever heard of tendered votes. That doesn't mean to say they don't exist but I've never heard of them. But over the years, um, my party has been very concerned about by voting, postal votes have been dealt with in Luton. It's no fault of the chief executive or of the way the elections are run, but I can confirm that we, over the years, have complained about this 
rumour that was going around that people have gone around, picked up ballot papers, or, yeah, the ballot papers. Let's focus on this specific... Let's focus on this specific story, Mike. It turns out that, actually, there may not be a story. Uh, that, that Less than that 25 tender ballots, that's not a lot, is it? Oh, no, it isn't. No, it's not. No. And it turns um, out that this gentleman may have been quite aggressive and threatening at the ballot uh, box. Well, I certainly don't agree with that. He shouldn't have done that. I mean, that is totally wrong. If he says he didn't have a, a postal vote, there will be a record, and surely he ought to be able to see his form that he filled in asking for uh, a postal vote. Yeah, goodness if knows why he didn't go at uh, Trevor's... With him, he's certainly got a case. Yeah, well, is it, well, goodness knows why he didn't go into, uh, to accept Trevor's invitation to go and have I a look at the form. Why, and if he's listening to the programme, I hope he will. Yeah. I mean, it's not too late to do that. Kind of makes me think that, it, that, that, you know, there is an element of bullshine involved in this. I can't comment on that. All no. I know is that um, what he should do and should have done was gone in and checked. I don't know whether electoral law doesn't allow you to go and look. I know you can't go and look at... Um, ballot papers once the election is over, but they are stored, and I believe they're stored for a number of years um, for reasons which account as if there's ever uh, a major problem with the way that elections have been dealt with. But as far as postal votes are concerned, I am concerned that with the new system they brought in where before people can vote they have to show their national insurance number, their date of birth or their passport, I think it's a start. But it isn't curing the problem. There are still a lot of fraud examples going on in certain wards in Luton, which does concern my party very much indeed. All right, well, well, maybe we'll look into that. But I think as far as this story is concerned, we're on a little bit of a fool's errand. Right, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Slow on the M1 northbound after Junction 11 for Dunstable through the roadworks and towards London on the M1 it's also busy around Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead and the M25 anti-clockwise is busy at Junction 16 for the M40. On the A1 southbound at the Black Cat roundabout it's looking quite slow on all the approaches especially from the St Neots Junction. In Cheston on the A10 southbound it's busy from the New River Trading Estate towards the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield and on the trains Thames they have 10 minute delays through Blackfriars because of a problem with the trains. Also the the 839 service from Hartford North to Welling Garden City has been cancelled and on the London Underground the Circle Line has severe delays clockwise. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Right, where are we? 8.16, it's Friday the 10th of July, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say they've begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. British holidaymakers are being evacuated from Tunisia after the Foreign Office urged them to leave immediately amid fears of another terrorist attack. And a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Every weekday from three. The East of England Ambulance Service are urging us to stay safe in the heat and take sensible precautions. Barry is in Bedford. Hi, Barry. Hi, Rob. Right, I've got a little story about bad breath and it's quite embarrassing, really, but uh, I do... Don't, don't be embarrassed. Yeah. Roberto Peroni. Yes, yeah, yeah, we kiss them and cut oh, them. Oh, no, you don't kiss neck. an animal. Yeah. No. 
Yes. So you've started an online petition to raise money to pay the Greek debt. Oh, that's right. Um, I was fed up with um, politicians going round in circles and I thought, you know what, let's just crack on and let's see if we can do something here. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Mort, look at you with your sunnies on, on to, but not on his eyes, on no. his head. No, I forgot. Protecting them. your ginger locks from G- some ginger locks from sunburnage. Do you think I look ginger? Yes, you do. Really? <laughs> you look ruddy. You look ruddy and ginger. Ruddy ginger. Do you genuinely think I'm I'm ginger? Do you genuinely think you're not? <laughs> oh, you're strawberry blonde. <laughs> Is that what you are? <laughs> Is that what you are? <laughs> Why are you saying it's a bad thing? <laughs> Kath, he does, doesn't he? he um, ginger. Come on. I would say... I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what. It's this light, it's this light. He's worked on your show, so it doesn't matter what he says now. Kelly's boyfriend, yeah. Akeem, is here. Akeem. Akeem, <laughs> you'd agree with um, with me, wouldn't you, um, that Jonathan looks ginger? Indeed, I would. Yeah. Oh! Well, this is no... I, I, if I am ginger, it's no bad thing. Of course it's not a bad thing. We're not Katie Hopkins here. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. But but you are wrong. Autumn sunset. <laughs> I'm oh. not ginger. What are you talking about? Why have you got your sunnies on your head? Luxury blonde. What? Why have you got your sunnies <laughs> on your head? So I was wearing them to drive to work. Yeah. And uh, I forgot to put them on. <laughs> We're all in that kind of end of term vibe. What a fascinating conversation <laughs> this is. Let's 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 move on. We ask the big question. <laughs> local and vocal, Why? isn't it? If you've got there sunglasses are, on there yes. are some uh, local radio stations who would would get a good three hours out of that. Oh yes. <laughs> when have you worn sunglasses? Actually, yeah. send Justin out on that. <laughs> when have you worn sunglasses <laughs> on a different part of your body? Um, well, and be be careful how you answer that because we've all played that game, haven't a, we? A friend of mine who's a vicar. Uh, he was telling me that there's a very new fashion now to yeah. wear sunglasses at funerals. What? And he's getting fed up of it. What? So much so he's considering banning it. Why would you wear sunnies at funerals? Well, people do, don't they? They turn out like that. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth Taylor. Exactly. Well, it's that kind of look, isn't it? <laughs> You put sunglasses on, no one can see you shedding a tear. Well, I like to see people crying. I don't like to see people crying. I'm not um, um, that Iglesias fellow, but um, (laughs) I... I, (laughs) Thank you, Enrique. But I... You know, anyway, if I'm crying, I want people to know. Right. So you you take the glasses off and you make a big thing of taking them off and... I put them them back on. Right. Fanning. 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 Oh, for that. (laughs) It broke through the headphones. Fanning. I tell you what I'm going to do is I'm going to hit one of these buttons, then we're going to compose ourselves, and we'll be back. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. I know, <laughs> I know what you thought she said. You didn't need oh, to tell me, dear. What's on your show? This said uh, that. What, yes, what? Yeah, I know. Don't point to it. He <laughs> just pointed to it. Have you got one? Let's have a look. What's on your show this morning? You can hear them cackling through there like the uh, the, the witches. What's in your show this morning, Jonathan Vernon Smith? Well, I like your uh, I like your elderly road rage story today. It's good, isn't it? It's a good one. So from nine this morning, I'm going to be asking: Have you experienced anger on the roads? Men aged 50, 69, and seventy nine are the angriest drivers on the road. That's according to a new survey, which shows six in ten motorists regularly lose their tempers. This study, the first of its kind, has also shown motorists spend five months of their lives shouting at other road <laughs> users. Is that all? 
I spent six months yesterday. Well, in the last six months alone, the average car owner has been on the receiving end of 183 verbal tirades, rude gestures, mm. or intimidating driving. You don't need to act it out. <laughs> Which is what he's doing. And almost half of those fought back with colourful language, (laughs) (laughs) gestures gestures or actions like blasting the horn. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your experiences. Have you experienced anger on the roads? I'm not sure that it's an old person thing. I know you've been talking about how this is now definitive proof that old people are in somehow bad drivers. Yes. But... I mean, I've experienced anger on the roads from all kinds of people. I I hope it's not my driving, Uh, but I've seen all kinds of people. How many times have you had someone on the motorway uh, invite you to the hard shoulder for for an actual fight? No, I've never had that. I've had it about a dozen times in the last three years. There was this morning. I I experienced um, road rage. Well, I I don't don't know whether it was road rage. It was anger in Dunstable. Yeah. There was a queue of traffic, and I was trying to turn right yeah. across said queue of traffic. And this lady allowed me to go. Beautiful. So I started to go, and, and I saw from, from behind her steering wheel, she went, Oh, come on! <laughs> <laughs> I don't even started to move. How, oh, come on! How, went, how old was she? Uh, about 30, oh, 35. Okay. okay. Yeah. Was she fat? No. Okay. Why? Why does that have? I'm just trying to get a picture. That's not in the story as well, is it? Fat people are more likely to to be angry behind the wheel. Angry old people. They would be, wouldn't they? And fat people. Yep. Well, from nine this morning, have you experienced anger on the roads? I'd love your stories, your views on oh three four five nine four double five five double five. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. He just put his sunglasses on to leave the studio. And fair play, I said to my team, look at this twit. Uh, <laughs> as he walked out of the studio, guys, unbelievable. 03459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You're more than welcome to. Um, or you can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, uh, 3CR. Um, we spoke to Dealey earlier on about the road rage. We're going to speak to him later on about swearing. Now, I don't necessarily think that swearing is a problem. Although I was editing uh, a little bonus podcast uh, yesterday in my living room, um, and uh, the kids were there, mm. and uh, I didn't realise that uh, quite how potty-mouthed it was. It was quite sweary. If you go to iTunes and have a look, it's, it's on the, It was quite sweary. And um, luckily, my kids were so wrapped up in Lego Chima that they, uh, they didn't hear Good. the... Um, oh, F, 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 F. Well, I tend to not swear in front of my children. But, you know, if in pain or in extreme annoyance, no. I might mute the swear. Mm. And I thought I'd got away with it. And then the other day, my three-year-old said, Oh, for sake! <laughs> <laughs> I once um, in my was was driving. We talk about road rage, and um, I forgot the kids were in the back of the car, and I shouted something out to a driver who cut me up. What was it? Well, my my boys then said, "Daddy, what does that word mean?" And I said, "Oh, it's it's I'm calling him a male hen," oh. <laughs> because because that's what you do to drivers who are, are very we we call them animal names but um yeah i shouted that out at the top of my voice wow. and the boys repeated it in me they're like oh, blimey you're in the car with me <laughs> i'd forgotten all about that dave's in late and buzzard of all places good morning dave 
Oh, sorry, Fader 2. Oh, good morning, Dave. Good morning. Dave, what you got for us? Oh. Um, your aircon. Yeah, it stinks, mate. It absolutely stinks. What car is it? Um, it's a luxury Volkswagen Polo. Excellent. Right, I mean, it's going to be pretty much one thing, which is what we call a receiver dryer. Uh, what? A receiver dryer, and it, it sits yeah. in the aircon system. Yeah. And basically, it's there to sort of protect the compressor. So, I've got literally no. Are you a real call? Because I, I have not understood the last thirty seconds of what you said to me. Yeah, no. My wife does the same thing. She backs away when I start going technical. On are her. you a mechanic? <laughs> Uh, I'm not a mechanic. I do run a service centre. Okay, all right, uh, go on. Then. I've been in the trade for sort of 15 years. Okay. And, um, yeah, so basically what it is, it's like a cylinder thing in, in the car. Yeah. Um, it stores sort of excess moisture, particles, oh um, debris and stuff like that to stop it from going into your compressor. Unfortunately, after a certain amount of time, oh. these things start to decompose inside a such. Oh, no. Well, it, it, so you well, crack your air con on and it'll smell for five minutes or so maybe it'll clear but and it's a really nasty it's a really nasty chemically smell right two things um uh is it poisonous it's not gonna it's not gonna kill you but it's not pleasant oh okay and obviously it's best to change it okay and well ah here we go how much is it going to cost me to change it I would, what I'd need to do is I need to take your registration down and give you a shout back with a with a quote to do the job because when we do that, what? we'd also it? renew the air con, uh, the air con gas itself. Here we go. Here we go, Dave. I, you're, you're like when I drop my car in for an <laughs> MOT and I get the phone call back saying, "Well, now it's passed, but we recommend this, <laughs> yeah. this, and this." Not at all, not at all. I only talk the truth. That's why my customers are always happy with me. Oh, and I would buy a used car from you. Do you sell used cars? We also sell used cars, yes. Um, I'm going to put in an order for three. Dave, thank you very much indeed. As long as it's not going to kill me, then I'll be all right. I'll just open the window until the smell goes. 03459 555. We've been talking about this school uh, all morning. The parents of 50 deaf and disabled children have been told uh, that they'll have to make alternative arrangements come September as their residential school faces an uncertain future. The Penn School went into administration on Wednesday with a warning that unless a buyer is found, uh, it'll close at the end of term. Um, Amanda has got a son who goes to the school. Is that right, Amanda? Uh, yes, Ian, that's correct. Uh, well, well, t- tell me why your son needs to go to that school. What what what, what extra requirements does he have? Well, my son um, has very complex speech and language communication needs. He's um, got a chromosome disorder. Um, he's also got epilep- epilepsy and he's autistic. So he's a very complex child and um, he needs the support that uh, Penn gives him. What does he get at, at this school that um, he wouldn't get at, a, 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 I was going to say normal school, but, you, you know, a, a mainstream school, isn't, that's the word, isn't it? Yeah, a mainstream school. Well, my son boards at Penn as well because we live in Hartford, in Hertfordshire. Right. And there is nothing in our local area that will meet his needs. And we searched for 18 months to find a school uh, for Jonathan. And um, when we found Penn, we just fell in love with it. Um, it's very run down and quite needs a bit of work done on it. But it was the staff were amazing. And they just welcomed him with open arms. They weren't afraid of his needs and said, of course, we can, of course we can uh, look after him and care for him and, and educate him. And it was just a breath of fresh air. He'd been refused from a few other schools as we were looking around, and um, we were just over the moon when we found Penn. 
Amanda, I've got to do a little bit of business. Sorry, my timing is all over the place today. Can you hold on for a couple of minutes? Because I want to find out more about why Penn is so important to Jonathan. Is that OK? Yeah, sure. Brilliant. Definitely. Stay there. Thank you very much Thanks. indeed. Let me just get a bit of travel and news, and then we'll be back uh, to find out more about this school. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 towards London, it's busy after Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead and it's also looking slow northbound past Junction 10 for Luton Airport and past Junction 11 for Dunstable as well in the roadworks. On the A5 northbound in Hotcliffe, it's also slow from Dunstable Road towards Leighton Road and in Bromham on Bromham Road, it's very busy between the Branston Way and Ashburnham Road. On the A1 southbound from the St Neots Junction towards the Black Hat Roundabout, it's looking very slow on the speed sensors and on the trains Great Northern are reporting disruption through Drayton Park because the train's broken down there. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire Police say they have begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. British holidaymakers are being evacuated from Tunisia after the Foreign Office urged them to leave immediately amid fears of another terrorist attack. A house in Bletchley was damaged by fire in the early hours of this morning after a caravan in the front garden was set alight. And a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Unless a buyer can be found, Penn School will close at the end of this term. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's men's semi-final stay at Wimbledon with Andy Murray taking on Roger Federer. That match is second on centre court after Novak Djokovic against Richard Gasquet. There's already one Murray in a final with Andy's brother Jamie into Saturday's men's doubles final with Australian John Pearce. England have the advantage going into day three of the first Ashes test in Cardiff. Australia will resume this morning on 264 for five, still trailing England by 166. Here's Jonathan Agnew. England's most likely route to a first inning lead lies with a new ball which is due after only 10 overs. The bounce is becoming increasingly variable and while it's difficult to predict how the pitch might play on the final day, England will be aiming to put Australia under real pressure to survive. Australia lost key wickets to reckless shots. Clark and Smith trying to attack Moeen and Voges driving Stokes to short cover just before the close was undone by the ball stopping in the rough. What with Mitchell Johnson recording his worst bowling figures in Test cricket, Australia are on the back foot. They even sent out a night watchman, virtually unheard of. Luton Town have made their 10th signing of the summer. Defender Mark O'Brien has joined the Hatters after leaving Derby. Watford's Olympic super heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua will fight Dillian White for the British heavyweight title in November or December. Joshua has won all 13 of his fights as a professional inside three rounds, but lost to White as an amateur. Mo Farah won the 5,000 metres at the Diamond League meeting in Lausanne last night, his first race since doping claims against coach Alberto Salazar. Definitely want to thank everyone who's given me support. Um, as an athlete, that's all I want to do, Mo Farah, is be able to enjoy what I do best, and that's to run, to go out there and represent my country and do what I do best. I've answered all the questions and everything done, and as an athlete, now all I want to do is be able to do what I do best and run. And Chris Froome is the new leader of the Tour de France after Tony Martin broke his collarbone in a crash at the end of yesterday's sixth stage. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. Have we got any Texas? You're talking to Amanda. 
Oh, I was talking to Amanda. I'm so. Uh, do you know what? I tell you what it is, Amanda. I'm. It's. I'm. I, I, I've got a week off next week, and so I've kind of gone into half term mode already. I, I, my mind is packed in completely. I do apologise, Amanda. We were talking about Jonathan, uh, your boy who goes to uh, Penn School uh, that uh, caters for. Uh, it's. It's deaf, disabled, and autistic children. Is that right? Well, it's a, it's a specialist deaf speech, language, and communication right. school, and it caters for other complex needs autism and other things as well. So, how, yeah. old, how old is Jonathan? He's 13. He's th- and how long has he been going there? He's been there three years. Um, uh, have you, what, 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 what changes have you noticed? Because we spoke to one mum who said that the, um, the, the change in, in her boy since he'd been going was just incredible. Absolutely. I mean, it, they teach in such a, a special way in small classes. It's such a nurturing environment. The, um, the specialist there, the speech therapist, the occupational therapist, and it's all about teaching the children life skills. It's not just about getting exams. It's about life skills. Can they make their own breakfast? Can they you know, can they toilet themselves properly? Can they do all of these basic things that everyday children and regular children can do? Mm. And, uh, and make friends. It's all about making friends. And he's, he's absolutely flourishing there. He loves it. He's so happy. He, you know, he hasn't got friends at home. No, no regular thirteen-year-old boys want to play with Jonathan. You know, at home he's with us, but at school he's got friends. He's doing activities. He's just, he's just flourishing. And as uh, you know, we, we, as parents, we all want our kids to do well. But if there are reasons why they are, you know, people don't want to hang out with them, it must be great for you. Um, and the rest of his family to see him doing so well and see him, you know, kind of living a, a, a normal 13-year-old life. Yeah, and that's all we want for our children. All the parents at the school want mm. their children to be accepted, not to have spots on their back, as, as Julie said. Oh, that was incredible. And, yeah, and, and just to be accepted. And, and all of us have got stories where, you know, our children have been shunned and verbally abused when we're out because they're different. And at Penn, they're just accepted and they're learning to cope and learning to be accepted into the communities. And, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. And Buckinghamshire Council have said there's no need for pen anymore. Mm. They can place their children elsewhere. There is an absolute desperate need for this school and those places because I don't know where Jonathan's going to go after two weeks' time. Probably we'll have to go north at a school in Nottingham. So my son's now got to go 130 miles away from home. Mm. You know, it's just desperate. And um, we, just, we just need support. We need some money. Um, you know, there's a one of the one of the daughters of um, one of the parents has set up for her sister a, a, a GoFundMe page to try and raise the million pounds that the school oh, needs. So if there if, if there were a million people out there who want to yeah. get a pound, <laughs> it would be fantastic. Did you get the uh, Did you get the email on on Tuesday night, Amanda? Oh, it was outrageous the way they did it. They sent it on a parent mail which is what they send out the newsletter every week, the good news newsletter every week, and they send it by parent mail. And, you know, so many parents didn't read it because they weren't expecting it. They just yeah. thought it was the regular, regular message. Um, and it was devastating, yes. What's, what is equally frustrating? I mean, I don't... We, we, we've not spoken to... We've not got anyone on the show from the management of the school, unfortunately. They were going to, mm. I think, and then, and, and then they decided uh, against that. Is that, you're right, it, it's come up just before... 
the summer holiday. You know, w- yeah. if it had happened maybe six months ago, you'd kind of parents would have a bit of traction and a bit of time yeah. to possibly try and organise something or arrange something or speak to people. You've got two weeks until or a week until summer holiday. Absolutely. So on both counts, we've got no time. They didn't respect the parents enough to allow us to give us that chance to fundraise and to push and to promote and get things moving. And they also haven't given us any time with our education authorities to find new placements because they all work term time only. They're all finishing. We can't go and view schools now to, to see what's out there. To be honest, there isn't anything out there. It's such a small... Um, number of uh, specialist schools like Penn in the country. You've got ICANN schools, you've got some up north, some in Bristol, but there's so few and far between around the country, and and yet they're saying that Penn isn't needed. That is just not true. I'll tell you what I'd like to do, Amanda, if this is okay with you and Catherine, this is something to put in the diary. Wouldn't it be nice if we could speak to Amanda and to uh, Julie, it was earlier on, and there was another mum, Vashner, I think. Vashi, yes. If we could speak to them in September, when term time starts, fingers crossed they'll still be at Penn School and someone will have stepped in. Um, But if not, I I know that a lot of... Well, I would like to know that all of your kids have got to decent places anyway. Would that be yeah. all right, Amanda? Oh, that would be fantastic. Thank you, Ian. Let's keep our fingers crossed you're all at Penn, but if not, I'd just like to know that they're all safe and they've, got, they've ended up somewhere good. Yeah, thank you very much, Ian. That'd be wonderful. Enjoy the summer holiday as much as you can. We will try. We all right. will try. Best of luck Take to you and Jonathan. Care. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's put that in the diary, shall we? It's in. Catherine, we'll, uh, we'll speak to them all and, you know, fingers crossed someone will step in. But imagine that, finding out with less than two weeks to go before the summer holidays. Oh, by the way, in September, the school won't be here. What? Sorry? And it's bad enough it's a regular school, a mainstream mm. school, trying to find another place, but this is really specific. Do you know what really pays me off, I nearly saw then, is when uh, these councils and governments and things like that and it's, let's be honest, it's all to do with money uh, they say, yeah, no, you, 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 no, you can put those kids in, uh, in a mainstream school, they'll be fine well, yeah, you can and they might be fine but they ain't going to flourish, yeah. they're not going to get, they're, they're not going to um, you know, be taught how to, like she says there taught how to go to the toilet themselves and how to make their breakfast. Well, Julie's child was told, well, she was told that about her own child that he would never read or write, he's doing both because never he's read getting specialist education. And they've all got friends there, you know, and it's that they're, they're, they're you know they're hanging out like thirteen-year-old kids should hang out. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll follow that story through the summer if there's any uh, developments. Wow, here we go, man, psychedelic. Uh, um, uh, let's hope that those tabs kick in that I bought in 1993. It's a joke. Now uh, we don't do shout-outs about local concerts and exhibitions, even though we're local and vocal. Eh, it's a bit boring, but. Um, Adrian Dealey, Justin, to some of you, saw my next guest's name come up and he said that we had to get him on. This is New York artist Joel Brown, uh, was on the streets of St Albans a couple of times and says he's, well, I, I can't re- I can't speak in Justin's well, language. Well, J-Dog said he was a geezer, which is recommendation enough. OK, well, uh, Joel Brown is on the line now. Morning, Joel. Good morning to you. How are you doing, fella? You are right. I'm OK. Now, Joel, listen, you've produced iconic backdrops in the 60s for the likes of Pink Floyd and The Soft Machine. Oh, I didn't do anything for The Soft Machine. You didn't do anything for The Soft Machine? Yeah, what are you doing on my show, you charlatan? <laughs> you were with Pink Floyd, did you? I'm guessing it was when Pink Floyd were good, when Sid Barrett was in them. Well, the Pink Floyd, in my opinion, were, were the Pink Floyd when Sid Barrett was with, with, yeah. with them. What kind of stuff did you do with them? Uh, well, actually, I didn't uh, uh, project backdrops. I projected my work on on them. Oh man, alive! Yes. What and what? What work was it? Well, I just did their light show. You weren't. I'm gonna. You weren't at the Alexandra Palace. 
No, it was Psychedelic. the roundhouse. Uh, the, you did the ra- oh, you did the roundhouse gig. You're not. You didn't. Um, so this is those kind of swirling psychedelic oil uh, the projections that we associate with the sixties, is it? Uh, it wasn't oil. What was it? it? it it's, it's quite a long story, and you've Dang. only got a, a few minutes. Hey, Joel, but... you listen, I, I, we, the rest of the show can be yours if you want, fella. I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Hey, it, it's your show, man. You do it, <laughs> and I'll talk. You talk? Go on. What, so what was it? Tell us what it was. Well, it, it was ink, actually. Right. And in the old days, when, when they first started experimenting with, with slides and slideshows, most of the, of the stuff was very rudimentary. They were like bubble machines, and my stuff worked differently. Yeah. Yeah. It, so what's... It, a... was, it was heat-activated, and it was just a lot of, of images, very abstract, psychedelic, if you want to use that word. I want to use that word. Use the word. It's a nice word. It's a great word, isn't it? Yeah. And it's, a, it's great imagery. Yeah, I've got the best time of my life. <laughs> Uh, they, so, say, they say if you can remember the 60s, you weren't there. Well, I remember them when I was. Yeah, well, just, 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 just about hanging in there. Uh, so how did you... OK, so you're, you're an American. How, how did you get to come over here and work with, with, with Pink Floyd? I took a wrong turn in the Atlantic. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> now, how did I do that? Uh, the truth is, um, I lost everything. My family, my, my wife and I lost everything in, in America. And I had a lot of uh, friends who were in the art art movement, yeah. so to speak. And uh, my father-in-law said, don't worry about a thing. There are jobs and houses galore over here. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'll get to the punchline on that. No, you, yeah, go on. You take your t- yeah, listen, we've got 20 minutes, Joe. I'm happy to talk to you for the rest of the show. Okay, oh, cool. Okay, that's good. So... <laughs> When we arrived, not only did they not have the streets paved with gold, no, but I lived in a caravan for a long time. Fantastic. There weren't that many jobs, but I managed to, uh, well, I, I came over twice, actually. Yeah. The first time was in 66, and the second time was in 70. And, and uh, I did all kinds of jobs in the 70s. I worked in a, in a wire mill. But the key, the, my key job was in the '60s when I, I worked for a, an ink manufacturing company. Yeah. And uh, because of certain things I learned in the states, I learned how to make um, India ink slides, and uh, there was an awful lot of experimentation in those days on every level. You know, uh, the art level, a lot of experimentation with drugs on the drug level. On the consciousness level, everybody was experimenting with everything. Yeah. I sort of call that uh, time the evolution of consciousness. Because oh. people woke up, they became aware there's more to life than everything that they thought there was. Oh, you old head. I love it. I love it. Do you really? Uh, no, I do. I love listening because I'm a big fan of 60s music um, and um, j- just the images. Have you ever seen the monkeys film, Head? I don't remember. Oh, man, go and watch that, because, you know, you think, oh, a monkey's movie, that's going to be rubbish. It is a psychedelic masterpiece, man. You know, the beginning is the end, and the middle means nothing. It's all wonderful. You had to persuade the Pink Floyd to wear white T-shirts for Uh, this gig to work. Yeah, because the effect would be better. 
How easy was that? Because, you know, they were, they were a big, 66, 67, they were, you know, a big up, up and coming rock band. Oh. And for, a, for an American to come and go, guys, I like it, you're going to have to wear white t-shirts. I would imagine that didn't go down so well. I doubt it did. But, but I, did, I didn't make a demand. I made a request. Yeah. And uh, they complied. They liked the idea. And it worked very well. And how was Sid Barrett? Because, Sid, you know, we talk about expanding our consciousnesses and lots of people had a lot of fun. Not everyone made it out either alive or well. Sid Barrett, I, I you know, know, suffered quite badly. I'm, I'm a Janis Joplin fan. So yeah, well, you know, and the, 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 there are loads of them. The list, you know, what is it, the I 27 know. Club, you know, the list is, is of, of people that died because they experimented a bit too hard is tragic. Um and what what stage was Sid Barrett at? Was he still, you know, were his feet still on the ground or had, had we kind of lost his mind by then? Was he still lucid, you want to know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, to my, well, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Because this was in the beginning of everything. But unfortunately, he he was not mentally able to deal with the drugs that he took. Yeah. You know? And and they did him in. But he was a genius. Nice guy. I can't say any more than that. It breaks my heart that, you know, you, you mention Pink Floyd to people and uh, they uh, they think of those, you know, huge, I, I'll be honest, slightly dull albums that, you know, the, the, the Wall and The Wish You Were Here's. Those first two Pink Floyd albums are just a joy. Just a, They're just kids playing around and it's wonderful. Well, you know, in, in a sense, we were both playing around because the music was very, very avant-garde and very uh, experimental. Yeah. And, and my slides were the same. Joel, you just happened to meet in the middle beautifully. Am I right? You've got an, uh, an art exhibition on at the Nude Tin Can Gallery. You're not going to be nude, are you? No, because the gallery might. Well, you, hey, hey, listen, it was the 60s. You know, if, you, if you're hot, take your clothes off. Uh, this is in St Albans. Uh, have we just... It wasn't yesterday. We've not just missed it, have we? What? Yeah, yes, you missed it. Oh, flipping. There's me doing all the business and the plug, and we've just missed it. Yes, uh, well, that's all right. It was an excellent, excellent... <laughs> uh, I'm, sh I'm sure write, it was. I'll write you a book about it. Oh, man, do write a book. Is there, is, listen, if people want to find out more, and I've got to go and do some business in a second, do, do you uh, do you have a, a, a website? Is there anywhere that people can come no, and find no, out? No. I'm I'm a Luddite. I don't oh, have a website. Oh, man, I love your attitude. Joel, listen, what we'll do is we will get you on at some point when you've got something coming up, and maybe we'll get you in the studio or we'll, we'll have a longer chat because I could talk to you for ages. Hey, that's, that's good. Good for me. Joel, nice to talk to you, mate. Take care. Thanks good very much. Bye-bye. There we go. What a nice man. What a nice man. Oh, and he worked with the Pink Floyd when they were the Pink Floyd. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's looking better now on the M1 in both directions, but it's still very busy in Brickett Wood on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. Also in Watford, it's busy on the High Street westbound between Rudolph Road and Eastbury Road, and in Borenwood on the A1. That's slow southbound from the Holiday Inn towards the Barnet Lane. On the A1 southbound approaching the Black Cat roundabout, it's looking very busy, and it's especially busy from the St. Neots Junction. Looking at the train departure board, so there are no major delays showing up at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Joel. We'll get Joel back on again at some point. Actually, no, we won't. I'm going to go around his house for a cup of tea. 
Herbal, no doubt. <laughs> man alive, he worked with the Pink Floyd. Oh, man. <sighs> Onwards and upwards. Uh, these are your news headlines. Bedfordshire Police say they've begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. British holidaymakers are being evacuated from Tunisia after the Foreign Office urged them to leave immediately amid fears of another terrorist attack. And as you've heard this morning, a boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's going to be a gorgeous day today. Lots of in the way of sunshine throughout the course of the day and temperatures all the way up into the mid to possibly even the high 20s in Celsius. So probably peaking out at around 26, 27 degrees Celsius for many places across the three counties. It's going to be a lovely day, just a light southerly breeze and very little in the way of cloud. Uh, the cloud uh, will start to come in, high cloud really, as we head into the evening, just turning the sunshine a bit hazier. And then overnight tonight, uh, the cloud's going to thicken and we might just get a few spits and spots of rain particularly over western areas of Buckinghamshire over the Chilterns perhaps uh, but elsewhere I think mostly dry that's a very weak cold front coming through meaning a cooler day for tomorrow but not by much just by a couple of degrees really another nice day on Saturday a lot with lots of sunshine around particularly through the morning more like sunny spells as we head into the afternoon and slowly the breeze is going to pick up as well but a pretty nice day on Saturday Sunday not quite as good because we'll start to see a bit more in the way of clouds and we could see some outbreaks of light patchy rain at times. That's the forecast here. Every weekday morning. They're not getting shown what being British is. The intention was to try and make the world a safer place. No, no it wasn't. It was to do with oil. Don't be naive, Jonathan, please. The JVS Show. I'm not comfortable with it. And if they feel they're being pilloried, well, they're putting themselves as the odd person. It's such a violation of a child's sense of safety in the world. And I hate to use that old cliche, Jane, but it hasn't done us any harm, has it? The JVS Show. No, I haven't made my point. I'll tell you when I've made my point. Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. We don't want to go... From a sleazy country to a sludgy country. He's absolutely right, but I'm afraid we're going to do that as Dave Luton's on. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. Good morning, David. From one head to another. What have you got for us this morning, David? Um, These elderly drivers. I'm 72. I'm not aggressive when I'm driving. No, you're just aggressive on the phone. Well, yeah, only with you. Yeah, well, that's... Or, it. or, that, or that Justin, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, OK. Um, well, but you, uh, are you a good driver? Yes. No accidents. Right. Um, safe driving awards when I was driving lorries. Safe driving awards? What, you got a little trophy? Yeah, well, no, no certificate, actually. <laughs> Where do you display your certificate? On your windscreen? No, it's a big, big, they're big certificates oh, in was... glass frame. What, what does it say? Dave is good at driving, and then it's got a picture of two thumbs up. No, no, it's just saying that Dave, um, my full name, that he's Dave, not Dave had an Luton. for the last, he's not had an accident for the last 12 months, and I've got What, what happened, what happened 13 months ago? Well, no 13, 13 months, months ago, he crashed into a school bus, but, but, but uh, since then, he's not had any accidents. No, I haven't had any accidents, because I'm a careful driver, Dave, and I'm, I'm not aggressive. Yeah, and you've never fallen down a manhole when you were trying to have a wee? No. No? OK. No. No. And so where do you display your certificate? Is it in your loo? 
No, no, they're all in, in a little box. You must be so proud of them. Oh, I am, mate. Yeah, that's why you put them in the box where no one can see yeah. them. Yeah. 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 So you're off for a week, are you? <laughs> oh, here we go. Now, we've, oh. we've had the two veg, now we're getting to the meat. <laughs> yeah, or is it three weeks? It's, I'm off, I'm off for a week. Oh, yeah, well, I'll be ringing up every day. Yeah, okay. Sorry? I'll be ringing up every day then to Justin. Oh, I see. You don't like me. You like Justin. Well, you yeah. you get aggressive to me. You keep on switching me off. No, no, I don't get aggressive. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, yeah. no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 Oh, have you? I'll tell you what, let's pretend it's next week and you're phoning up and you're speaking to the Adrian Dealey show. Go on. I <laughs> hope <laughs> uh, oh, you have a nice time next week. I've gone. I've finished. I've, I've packed in. It's you and Adrian now. This is what, oh. Guys, this is what, everyone who's celebrating that I'm off for a week, this is what you're going to get. 15 hours of this next week. Away you go, ladies. <laughs> no, no. Morning, hey, what boss. Have you got for us? Yeah, morning, boss. Uh, what have you got for us, Dave? Nothing much. Just ringing up to say I'm 72. I'm not aggressive when I drive. No, no, th that was last week's phone in. Uh, th this is now Monday. Ian's off. So, what have you got for us, boss? Standing in at Ian Reed, it's Justin Dilley, aka J Dog, with your morning wake up. Justin Dilley! There you go. Oh, Don't yeah, carry that's on. great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that next week, Justin. So, you're going to phone me every single day? Yeah. yeah okay. So, what do you mean? What do you mean? No, you no, no I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it every single day oh, on Monday. Yeah, I just yeah, hope you stick to your word, you know? Yeah, you remember you pulled me out, you had me over those bags of um, compost? You did uh, No, no, I, I didn't do that. I, I didn't pull you off, Dave. Yes, no, you I didn't. did. No, I didn't no, pull no, you off. Pulling me, you were pulling me over them. Okay. Yeah. I'll, yes. um, I'll be, be in touch with my lawyers about that. Yes. That's um, very, very dangerous, what you just yes. said. Yes. Yes. Are we done? Yes. Thank you, Dave. Yes. Um, you having a barbecue this weekend? Yes. Um, have you got any uh, ladies coming over? Yes. Will you be taking their clothes off? Yes. And playing uh, some romantic tunes like Chatem? Yes. Okay. Um, sh shall, I, uh, shall I leave you to it so you can uh, go home and put on your best clothes for the weekend? What are you beefing on about? Well, I'm just talking about what you're doing this weekend. Yes. Okay. Dave, have, um, have a lovely time. So you're going to phone me on Monday? Yes. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Tough, mate. All right, chill out, Dave. Justin! Yes. <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I need to tidy these up because I'm, uh, you know. God, that is a nasty growl. Isn't it? Now, um, uh, we have to swearing. You've taken swearing to the streets. Not literally, boss. No, not literally. Uh, you're going to have a week of Dave calling you up. That is just, I mean. <laughs> Scary. It, it, uh, it, uh, are you terrified? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Kids swearing. You've taken it to the streets. What you got? Yeah, yeah we heard about this uh, six-year-old boy who was uh, swearing. So somebody went uh, and bought uh, some soap and tried to, to wash this kid's mouth out. Uh, an old trick, of course. It wasn't quite as it sounded. It was uh, apparently the box wasn't open. But anyway, uh, this child who was very young, his swearing was out of control. Um, I've been on the streets this morning asking people, children swearing these days, has it got really that bad? Uh, here's what people had to say. Sir, your experience of, of young children and swearing, how bad has it got? 
it's really bad for me because I go pick up my friend's son most afternoons after school and the language coming from some of the kids' mouths is terrible. It's, it makes me feel sick that their parents just don't do anything about it. How old are these kids? Uh, he's talking about 10, 11, 12 maybe. Seriously? Yeah. And you've heard absolutely everything? Near enough, yeah. Alright sir, what you got there? Bacon trees wrap. It's in there. Kids and swearing, how bad's it got? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mark, how often are you hearing children swearing on the streets? All day, every day. Every day. I'm in retail. I've got a little lad. I hate it. How do we stop it? It's got to start with the parents. Maya, you're 12 years old. Your school friends, are they constantly swearing? Yeah, they are. They swear like a lot and they never get told off for it because I go to a secondary school and it's not, and it's really bad, but teachers don't really don't do anything. Do you swear? No. How do we stop it? You just, um, I think it's the parents' fault and that, like, they need to be more aware of it. Madam, kids on the street, swearing, is it out of control? It is out of control. I just think that uh, as, as parents, we have to really be vigilant to teach our children and to remind them mm -hmm. that the language is more, most, you know, it's the most important thing yeah. and to say the right things. So have kids sworn at you on the street just, just randomly, you've done nothing wrong and you've had abuse held at you? Yes, yes, they do. Mostly it's when you, you say something, when you, you ask them to move or you ask them to, to do something, dropping litter and you say, you know, can you pick yeah. that up, you get abuse. So you now don't say anything to children who have dropped litter because of the abuse that you've got? The abuse, yes. How sad is that? It is very sad. Very, very sad story to end on. Justin. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that, but uh, that, that, of course, is the truth, is what people have been saying this morning. Very depressing stuff. Well, it's, I mean, you know, you don't be depressed about it. Well, people are saying it's out of control. It's the I know what you're trying to do. It. No, I know what you're doing. What's that? You're making sure that my last show ends on a bum note, no. so that that's the thing they remember. The listener will remember the, being miserable at the end of my show. Then you come on on Monday and play, oh, I don't know, a song from, what, 1968? Yeah, that's and right. And everyone will go, oh, Dealey's in, great vibes. Yeah, he's much better than the other guy who made us feel miserable. No, no, not at all. I'm just giving you the truth. I'm giving you facts and not fiction. Thank you, Justin. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Watford on the High Street, it's slow westbound from Rudolph Road towards Pinner Road. It's also busy in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Hartford on the A414, it's very busy between Harting, Fridbury Road and Fourth Street. In Hutcliffe on the A5, it's busy northbound between Dunstable Road and Leighton Road. And it's also busy approaching the Black Cat roundabout on all the approaches at the moment. On the trains, Great Northern have delays through Drayton Park because a train's broken down there. And on the underground, the Metropolitan Line still has minor delays after a signal failure earlier this morning. Samantha Burr, BBC Three Counties Ray. Dio. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Kelly. Nice to meet your boyfriend, Akeem. May I suggest you leave him at home from now on? Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Dealey. I'm going to be in bed all next week, so don't nobody call me or ring my doorbell. Call and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith.
It's Friday, it's nine o'clock, and on the big phone in today, have you experienced anger on the roads? Men aged 50, 69 and 79 are the angriest drivers on the road, apparently. That's according to a new survey, which shows six in ten motorists regularly lose their tempers. This study, the first of its kind, has also shown motorists spend five months of their lives shouting at other road users. In the last six months alone, the average car owner has been on the receiving end of 183 verbal tirades, rude gestures or intimidating driving. And almost half of those fought back with colourful language, gestures or actions like blasting the horn. Well, this morning I want to hear your stories. Have you experienced anger on the roads? Pick up that phone, come on and tell me. 03459 455 555 is my number. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, police investigate suspected electoral fraud in Luton, Buckinghamshire school goes into administration and families pledge after death of Bedfordshire toddler. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire police say they have begun an investigation into suspected electoral fraud in Luton. It follows claims by a man that he and his mother were not allowed to vote in the general election in May because they had applied for a postal vote which he denies doing. They were asked to complete a so-called tendered ballot paper which does not go towards the final count. Trevor Holden, the chief executive of the Borough Council, was the chief returning officer for the Luton North and South elections. He says these cases are rare. 85,000 votes cast in the general election across the two constituencies. If I say there were less than 25 tendered ballot papers... I'm still inside the law and I'm giving you a feel for actually how many tendered ballot papers were issued. A boarding school for deaf and disabled children in Buckinghamshire has been forced into administration. Unless a buyer can be found, Penn School will close at the end of this term. Buckinghamshire County Council say they are liaising with parents and other schools to ensure...